0: back is underexposed cinematic treasures mark Agusiewicz. hi how you doing hey howdy stranger <laughs> i think i've just been abducted was not i was not probed by the alien though. i'm just only abducted <laughs> joining from not a strong start it's jorge and daniel how's it going welcome
1: <laughs> nice to be here
0: <laughs> you got, yeah, have great. you guys ever been mistaken for brothers I know no one else can see what we're talking
2: about. No. It must be our beautiful smiles. There you go. It is definitely the handsome <laughs> smile, yes.
0: Yeah. A <laughs> distractingly handsome smile. <laughs> but but can, who, who can blame him? We're talking about peak, you know, beginning of Mr. Blockbuster himself, Spielberg's alien movies. We're talking his initial hit, Close Encounters, the third kind from 1977 basically the sleeper of the original star wars that same year 1984's et and then 2005's uh rehash of war of the worlds we just figured hey you know he's always explored aliens he had the miniseries taken no not the liams neeson movies and uh, for sci-fi then he did falling skies for tnt he's always explored extraterrestrials and it's just so wild how we see just so much of it in all these other blockbusters i mean whether it's an episode of the x-files or whether it's 2016's arrival. There's always a blockbuster. There, it seems. like, oh, that's the Close counters or ET shot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, um, uh, just as as we go around, we we unfortunately we didn't know each other back then. You know, we were seeing each other on the social medias, yeah. but I did not have you know, this initial Spielberg panel. Uh, let, let's circle around. Uh, so, um, uh, Mark, uh, what was your first encounter with Stephen and his work?
3: with steven and
0: his work yeah before you got Um, into these movies
3: (laughs) you know steven spielberg was um major major part in my fall in love with movies um right in 1985 we discussed on another podcast episode you and i peter weir and it was peter weir's witness that really woke me up to what movies could do and that was the first and then only a couple of months later came the second which was the color purple yes And, and i had known you know his earlier work i knew you know uh, et and close encounters and stuff like that but at that point in my movie watching it was just all about just watching sitting back enjoying not really thinking about stuff and now here comes steven spielberg who's known for popcorn movies i guess you would say doing the color purple and this is it's one of those movies that is perfectly shot the music is fantastic it's got one of the greatest scenes ever uh in cinema history and that's when the two sisters come back together
0: Yes, um, it's very one of the, poignant, very yeah, emotional. It's one
3: of the few times that has ever made me actually cry when watching a movie. And uh, from there, you know, I was kind of like, because now I'm in my discovering movies phase and discovering my passion movies phase. I couldn't wait for Empire. The sun came uh, to come out, and I started just exploring going back, back and nice. earlier movies. And, you know, when you're watching stuff like Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. and, and all that, you can't help but fall in love with movies because nobody really does movies better than Spielberg. He's not my favorite director. That's Peter Weir. But when it comes to mean <laughs> <Of course not. laughs> how to tell a story and construct it and nobody, it, it, there's nothing like watching a Steven Spielberg movie when it's good. Because when I watch Hook, I kind of question, but then you watch something like E.T. or Close Encounters or even War of the Worlds, which we're going to discuss today. And these are movies that it's just like, this is a master craftsman who knows how to tell a story, and it's it's so easy to just fall into those worlds and escape the world uh, that we live in for a couple of hours and forget everything that exists when you're when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Come on, you're not you're just that's total escape. It's a blockbuster
0: with heart he said he was yeah, making a bee well, picture but he was doing so much detail you know it was more I, I than just a serial homage it was great what spielberg taught me was
3: um how important basically what i love about spielbergs if you it's it's very evident in a movie like et where he takes very blockbuster ideas like spaceships and you know and raiders it's you know chase scenes and stuff like that but he also makes them very personal et is an incredibly personal story and so he mixes the blockbuster with the art house and that's why it's so easy to fall into you know him as a master storyteller you know he's Mm -hmm. definitely you know arguably you know with the exception of maybe kurosawa spielberg probably has the best understanding of how this medium works um, when you watch
0: his stuff yeah he he's figured it out he's figured out the marketing figured out the themes figured out the shots figured out even effects you you see so many other people who would i wanted just growing up i wanted to see anything by lucas john williams and industrial light and magic and half the time you'd see those and he's like yeah, it's just and not kind
3: of the, the mustard.
1: Only,
0: <laughs> and I
3: yeah. think the only reason I say, you know, hey, Peter where's my favorite, so, you know, Spielberg's not my favorite Peter Where's is because he's, he's got more of a ch- accurate track record of great movies, whereas Spielberg still does have, like, movies like Hook, which I didn't really like, or Munich I didn't really like. He still has it in 1941, whereas Weir is more, uh, I think there's only one Peter Weir movie I've ever not liked. And so, <laughs> Spielberg gets it right, I mean he gets it right i mean arguably when you if i were to list you my favorite movies a lot of them would be Spielberg movies you know
1: raiders close encounters which
3: we're going to talk about today is literally one of my all-time favorite movies and i revisited it last night for the show
1: show go you
0: our mvp
3: uh, (laughs) it stands up so so well
0: absolutely So. so uh daniel you want to go
4: yeah, I mean, when you talk Spielberg, it encompasses so much about childhood, especially with cinema with, porn. That's
0: what I call it. It, it, it
4: really is. He gives <laughs> us addicting. all those kind. It <laughs> is. It, he gives us all those kind of feels, you know. And E.T., Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, like this is the stuff that I grew up yeah. on, like big time. And it what helped inspire me to want to get into film, right? Because you can sit there and watch movies, but there's something special about Spielberg. It's that Spielberg magic he's so good with characters and building realism in a surreal plot line. So like Using sort of what Mark- same
0: was, usual suspects, even in a different way. Some of the time will make exactly. a camo and you're like, wow, that was a darker Williams score he <laughs> used there. Whoa, yeah. Tom Hanks was the bad, or Tom Cruise was the bad guy this time around. Whoa,
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something and, like and that. And he tackles, <laughs> he dabbles in like every genre. And the fact that he has like, like a hit in almost every genre, I mean, we're even talking Saving Private Ryan. Like, yes. the man has done so many. So even though there are some movies, especially within the last decade, maybe, we haven't felt he's necessarily been on his A-game. Chris the man's been doing this since the 70s. <laughs> <Aliens>.
3: <laughs> Although, as we discussed yeah. before we started uh, before we started recording, he's back on his A-game with this new yeah. one. Yes. Fablemans. I've
4: been stoked about this one. I've been excited. I know on our own podcast, you know, when we talked about most movies that are coming out that we're excited for, I mentioned this one. Cause I'm like, I feel like Spober's back with it. I I want to get that. And Ready Player One, for instance, I love the book, reading it. I didn't love the movie necessarily. I thought he did an okay job, no, but fine. he missed he missed some of a little bit of that. And I don't know if it's because he's been doing this for so long, but a little bit of that kind of Spober magic. Took it as serious. In,
0: in maybe that's defense. what it
4: is. And yeah. I, mean, uh,
0: I call it that's more of a Zach Penn movie. That's part of his free guy, last action hero. So
1: yeah <laughs> the character
0: yeah. awakens their humanity for a virtual i really like the pretty player one so
1: no, it's it fine, fun. It's, it fine. Fun. it's
4: fun everyone varies. Yeah. Yep. it's all good <laughs> yeah I, I still go back to it but i just i feel like if spielberg would have done that in the 90s it would have been very different and when spielberg was have. around yeah. that yeah. And when he was around that 80s, 90s, it's just so nostalgic <laughs> for somebody like me growing up on it. So exactly it what Mark was saying, that he may not necessarily be my favorite, but I still consider him absolutely one of the greatest of all time. Just because of what he's done, the amount of filmmakers that he helped inspire. I'm with you I guys. Mean,
0: Even when yeah, someone man. says, oh, he hasn't done anything in a while, he's not relevant anymore. I'm like, oh, get out of here. There's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there's just
2: so many, as many copycats. As many... Man, there's so
0: many I think that's what it is. I think they're spoiled, and yeah. they see an Abrams movie, or they see someone else, and like, yeah. But you know what
4: they're emulating? You know, just like oh, yeah. Stranger Things, yeah. like yeah. Stranger Things. yeah, thing oh, yeah. from all that, like, yeah, everything's pulled from this, and you see, and you see so many Spielberg isms you know what i mean like you, you see it yeah throughout that's all a these jaw
0: shot that's a gremlin shot that's a poltergeist homage. exactly <laughs> you see
4: it you know you you see the homage you see the shout outs to spielberg and he helped inspire so much of what our culture now just yes. absorbs and eats and that's the stuff that even the younger generation that maybe they, they deep fry from... it at this point yeah exactly so, as, <laughs> yeah, many,
3: and... in, as many years as he's been around i talk about consistency you know and because there are movies of his that I feel like he could have done better like i thought he was a perfect director for hook and then i didn't and think he really pulled it off yeah but con- considering how many movies he's done you know he's still a strong filmmaker because even if you kind of saw weaknesses in ready player one name me how mm, many yes. directors could have done a better job than he did you yeah. know um yeah, you know, you watch something like BFG, and you're kind of like, uh, I don't know where yeah, what happened see, to Spielberg. Yeah, but only was a couple a years, it, years later, he <laughs> you know, that
0: was for his grandkids. I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah, exactly. A couple of years earlier, he did Lincoln, and Lincoln is a, is a strong director. Mm-hmm. At the top of his mm-hmm. game. Love you know it. I
1: mean? Yeah.
3: So, I mean, for no for as many years as he's been around, he's like I said, with this latest one, he's still very, very strong, and he's, he's a walking yeah.
0: storyboard. He's always finding he a new is. shot, and he's like. I know we can get that. And like you say, he wants to be diverse. I, mm-hmm. I'm i still waiting on him to do a violent Western, you know, just one of these days or just something that uh, some genre he's always wanted to do that. He's only like yeah. done small homages. Like I think as close yeah. as it gets to a Western is probably the horse riding segment of last crusade. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. what I was going to yeah, say. I was like,
4: it. yeah, you're probably talking about last crusade. The
3: that's a John Wayne. W- that's yeah. a John
0: Ford yeah. shot. Um, I, want
3: him, I want him to do his James Bond movie. I don't
4: understand. I know. Why yes the movie.
0: broccolis man that you you, you <laughs> can't suggest it they got to take it from you <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah that would have been sweet to all say, right so but, yeah
0: right well and anytime he just puts his name on something you're like i can totally understand why he would put his name on something like united states of terra or uh some other tnt miniseries he's figured out the a-game yeah. you know band of he, brothers he, he's,
4: yeah he's yeah, got any his war hands film he's gonna knock it out yeah, he exactly. It. He just totally gets it. He kind of has a little bit of like like John Hughes just really understood characters. He understood. Yeah, he people. understood high school. And Bill, Spielberg gets that. Like he, he gets
0: understood people.
4: 40s Frank
3: yeah. Capra
0: type crowd pleasers and mm-hmm, Kurosawa right. epics. Yeah,
3: I just want him someone to explain to me his love for Michael Bay. He keeps giving Michael Bay work. I can actually explain that Michael Bay.
5: <laughs> Michael I don't
3: hate ba- Michael Bay either. There's some work that I mean he's oh, yeah. good at what he does. I just visual. 13
4: hours is fun. Great visual, yeah. yeah. The Rock, he was The Rock was good. Basically Michael Bay
0: <laughs> is if you take David Ayer uh uh more racist uh Oliver Stone, uh George Lucas, <laughs> uh Spielberg insert any other violent action movie guy canon films and that, that's michael bay
5: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that explains Very why he brutal. does something that divides an audience like pain and gain or like you say giant robot explosions and asses and oh awesome cars so yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: and i say this with love for ambulance but yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean where uh, I, he was apparently he was a <laughs> and to to your point i don't know how he even worked with him after this he was apparently michael bay was the storyboard artist on raiders and michael bay jokingly said i think this movie is gonna suck based off what you've had me draw <laughs> i because uh,
3: yeah he needed, he needed i think so. he liked yeah, it but he's just making he, it he just he was yeah. like you need three times as many cuts
4: uh i don't know if it's that's a filmmaker
3: i don't know just cuts or he just cuts too (laughs) fast but the (laughs) fact visual
4: porn it's visual porn quick 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 quick. it's like stop (laughs) it's 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 building up that whole adrenaline
0: but it loses story he needs to do the expendables five <laughs>
3: no, no, he does not. I like the Expendables movies. I, I know.
2: <laughs> Just an explosion at every bicep. That's all. Everybody. That's it. That, that might, That's what Antonio
0: Banderas. Bad, bad boys. Expendable. I know. <laughs> expendable boys. There you go. There
2: you go. That's you it. Go.
1: That's all right. Tag. So sorry we got such a... <laughs>
0: What was your introduction to the movie geek before it was cool to be a geek?
2: Oh, for me, uh, I was born in '83, so probably two or three years once I could like, start start to like watch things. You already had me, brother. Keep them in here. <laughs> uh, I'm a I stupid between, I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, it was probably between like Jaws and E.T. Mm. I I can't recall which was the first one I saw, Let's but I knew it was Jaws. it was one of the two of them <laughs> for sure.
0: Did your parents accidentally uh kick someone in front of them by accident, like my mother did infamously?
2: oh no back in the no, day no, okay. no accidental <laughs> kicks in my house
1: no <laughs> Kick <out the> screen. <laughs> yeah.
2: we're i come from a horror family household so ah, there's nice. <laughs> yeah there's there's no fear whatsoever but uh but then no that way. always that fear always. a Jorge dead <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. you guys see the human organs behind me right now
0: uh, <laughs> yeah i'm loving it it's a lot of mcfarlane movie maniacs yeah i think there's a ninja turtle in there somewhere no, that's fun.
2: No, that's venom. It's oh. venom. Yeah, There's I don't know of, my
0: comic books. <laughs> I have a bunch
2: of geek <laughs> stuff behind me, but, uh, but yeah, I remember the thing that like I always loved film as a kid, and the thing that always stuck out with me with Spielberg is just how he was able to command his his crew, especially with kids. No other director directs kids the way that he does. Instead of having them follow the script, he just say, "You're going to ad lib." how would
0: you want to talk about going to the zoo with your grandparents? You know, something yeah, like that. He just you know, went... It was,
2: he, he understood how to, how to relate to them. And I always thought that was really important and cool. Cause like I was a stage kid and I was the directors I, I would right? work with on stage. They were horrible. They, they wanted you to act like them. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, but yeah, but I'm like five years old. A kid's not going to do this. Absolutely. <laughs> see you see know? so many
0: movies and, uh, you'd see the filmmakers use the worst possible tag and you've been there all day, and you're like, "Yeah, did you even look at the dailies?"
2: You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something I always admired about him. Is just understanding, like I've I've managed sets before, and the biggest thing, the biggest mistake I feel like a filmmaker can do is not realize the strengths yes. of all of the people around you. Everyone, and he's someone who truly does like you. Having John Williams on all most of his stuff, genius. It's like this guy knows. Yeah how to create a even when a he uses other sound. guys. Yeah, you know? it's like he knows what he's doing. Like he knows everybody and how to use them to their fullest. I feel like that's a huge thing that people don't get to really realize and see because yeah. you you're watching this thing but you don't know what he had to move around to yeah. make all these For pieces work. a man who work. was
1: making sci-fi
0: and war pictures, you know, in his backyards and making it look like his kids, you know, were jumping off of a beach, you know. It just
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, he he it was always a part of him, but to your point, yeah, he just it, he anyone who I know who's ever, like, talked about working with them, like, they've always, you know, if they didn't like it, it was just probably just a minuscule one, like, hey, you know, I was there for the reshoots, I didn't get to actually meet him, or, no. uh, you know, my scene got cut, still got credit, but I'm barely in the film, you know, but the for the most part, almost anyone who's actually worked one-on-one with them, you're like, the man can't stop complimenting everybody, you know, like, that's, <laughs> no. that's such a rarity, because you see you hear all these other guys, and you're like, oh, I love you, I love your work, but... Why are you such a prima donna behind the scenes, you know? And why does everyone, you know, hear hear about your temper tantrums? You know, you're not gonna if if you saw a tabloid the next day saying Stephen shanks a guy who you know <laughs> <laughs> insulted his wife Kate, you're not gonna believe that. Yeah, <laughs> you're like... Yeah. Okay, move on, TMZ. Z. He's like yeah, he shanked lies. you a
2: genius. That's what he did. He took he took some something bright and <laughs> yeah, he froze your mind <laughs> yeah. and said you yeah. work for me now. <laughs>
0: and he's not a Joel Silver, you know, or Bruckheimer type either. He doesn't get no, spoiled yeah. on you. Like if you work for him, he's like, yeah, if you want to, if you want to pull it out of the water, uh, I, I heard the Jay, uh, Jay from yeah. Broken Lizard talked about making uh Easter Sunday for his company, <laughs> and he got a hysterical note for him. He's it's comedian Joe Coy making his debut as an actor yeah. and, and the only note he got from actual Steven, you know, he was working with his people for the most part, but the only note yeah. he got from Steven was, uh, he saw a shot where someone was wearing a ball cap and his note was movie stars don't wear hats. <laughs> that was it. Uh, everything was good. That's his only note. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's
3: weird. Cause he talks was about, like... cause Jorge was, was mentioning performances of kids and There's like two directors that get amazing performances from people, David Cronenberg and Steven Spielberg. And like you, when was the last time you saw a bad performance in a Steven Spielberg movie with the exception of the lead in West Side Story, uh, the lead guy? Um, you You don't see bad performances in a Steven Spielberg movie. And the strange thing is, is I read somewhere that he doesn't do rehearsals. Because he doesn't Ooh. think that, he'll, uh, that he's going to be able to duplicate the magic that was done in the rehearsal. He doesn't
0: do a two take mm. like a Dick Wolf show. He doesn't do a,
3: you know. <laughs> and, and it's weird because, uh, and and I, God, I don't remember if it was him or not. For some reason, I want to think that it was him that said that if there's i going to perform it, it. Well, no, there was some director said, and for some reason, I think it was Spielberg that if uh, if a p- actor gives a bad performance, it's actually the director's. Uh, fault because he's supposed to you know be directing the guy he's supposed to be getting Mm -hmm. that
5: performance
3: and you just don't get i mean whoopi goldberg she gave a great performance in ghost but i mean how many Mm -hmm. great performances has she's given she's giving good performances but in Mm -hmm. the color purple oh my god amazing and in that scene unrecognizable together Mm -hmm. that is just perfection in acting on her part phenomenal
4: yeah and you oprah know, oprah was phenomenal in that yeah. movie yeah we all
0: were
5: phenomenal.
3: she went on to be a talk
0: show host and you're like yeah where, where, where did this happen <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: yeah. But,
0: but
3: i mean the thing is is you just look at the performances in his films and they're just phenomenal and a lot of times they're by actors who aren't that good in a lot of other stuff
0: absolutely uh, yeah. and that's where i'm like you can tell when someone you know, somehow they get the ones who've been, you know, we always hear about, they've phoned it in, they misbehave, they're just not believable. And it's like, it's like, if Aaron Sorkin can give you great dialogue, if Scorsese can cast you in the most unrecognizable role of your entire career, he is like, Steven's no exception. He is always just, in some ways, he's made these guys' his career or given them an extra boost, you know, especially when they, you know, are unable to follow it up with a more successful project or a movie where it's just not them at their best. It's like, Hey, you'll always have that, and you he'll welcome you back. Like, he never forgets someone. I i, I lost track of how many times I've seen Del Die, who's like the tactical advisor in some of his movies, just show up as playing a soldier or general. I've, I've lost track of, like you say, some of these other guys. I mean, you know, it, with the movie we're discussing tonight, this is his second foray with Richard Dreyfuss yeah. working on his movie. Uh, you know, he works with him again on Always, but it's just interesting just how, with all these performers you got, not only is it one of their best roles, it's definitely going to be number one on their demo reel, but it's also one of those where it's like, is this, when he keeps using the same people, you wonder, is this my favorite performance by them? You know, (laughs) or is
3: Right. But when you look at his movies and you see, you know, now he does use a lot of great actors a lot of the time, but yeah. you know, one of those, uh, actors who's gone on and I'm trying to think of a name, but I actually don't want to put anybody down. So I won't. <laughs> um, but there's been a couple where it's like, they've gone on to do other movies and then they, yeah, kind of,
0: why'd you do all this direct videos? But, like, nice.
3: <laughs> but in the movie they did with Spielberg, they were amazing. And you got to think that, uh, it's the director really working with them and really drawing yeah. you know that performance out and uh, God, I, I just wish I could remember. The where only he one he'll never quote.
0: work with again is Julia Roberts on Hook. But other than that, I've never heard anyone's, you know, say. And then I then, I,
3: then you got to wonder what that was about because they didn't get along. You know, I'm sorry. I hear you know creative differences between actors and directors, and it's like, wait, a minute, you're working with Steven Spielberg. Why is there a creative difference here?
5: Why are you? Not just... <laughs> <laughs> just Why is there board. a just shadow <laughs>
0: of a doubt since he loves to play to the actors' uh, yeah, no, no. persona, let alone yeah. give you something meaty to say? So
4: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of a random actress because julia roberts you don't really hear her he it. with freaking like tom yeah. cruise
0: so yeah i don't know how that
4: happened but <laughs> that's what i mean like julia roberts seen as far as i know she seems pretty nice behind closed doors and when she works on set so yeah it's kind He's, of a she's weird worked,
0: she's been in so many great roles for soderbergh so it's like yeah I, I don't know what happens here but yeah uh.
3: but you but you never know because that when she was doing hook she was at a certain point in her career And I was just talking about this with the other day is sometimes these actors, when they're being told they're great by everybody and they're being approached on the street saying, you're great, you're great, you're great, sometimes that can kind of... uh, You know, start to they can start to kind of maybe think it, and maybe she was in a certain period in her life. We don't know without talking to her, yeah, Yeah. getting her side of it. You know, uh, for all we know, uh, she was having a bad day when that situation. Eh,
0: Who knows? Maybe she she got into the movie and didn't want to do it, but she couldn't say no because her agent was cutthroat. I don't know.
3: I don't know.
4: Have we'll never a lot know of Hollywood we variables. see a memoir. You know,
0: right? yeah.
4: She really channeled that uh, Tinkerbell and she took it to heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. Or maybe, yeah. maybe she
3: realized that, man, Spielberg brings all these great movies and I get put into the one where it just
1: doesn't <laughs> feel. <is Spielberg. laughs> Sorry, people
0: are, a people are
3: probably no, going
2: to
0: hate it. I get it. It's in, like a lot of people love movie. Books, so. I like parts of it. There's other parts I don't like. I I, I just feel like Robin Williams does not know if he wants to do the whole Indiana Jones thing half the time from that movie.
3: I can't get past the production design in the in the way it's lit, because it
0: just looks so fake. And so It, it is, is very bright, bright at times where you're like, okay, closed off set number one. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. But I know people who love it. i like, oh my God, this is one of my favorite uh, films growing up, they'll tell me, and it's like, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's got a nostalgia I get, I like factor too at this wording, point. So.
0: You're right. Hey, we all love... <laughs> Goofy
1: bad supposedly bad <laughs>
0: moves. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. We're talking for the first part of this, close encounters. We're uh how many around you have made potato jokes?
2: <laughs> and you know instantly, oh you're making a close encounters joke? <laughs> yeah. Uh right. unfortunately not everyone in my group. My my close group film buffs, but my family and other friends they don't get that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah,
5: I got my dad, see it when I was who's really seen young.
2: the movie plenty of times, he won't get those kind of references. It doesn't <laughs> no, stay in the head. He's watched no. it probably a million times, but it doesn't stay in no. here. The
4: yeah. lights and the sounds—that's what he'll remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my and uncle potatoes. and
0: mother would make a joke. Uh, my sister wanted to see like an anniversary screening of it, and we were like, "I've seen it. I'm not sure I want to see it in the theater. <laughs> I want to see some of these other stupid films remastered yeah. in the theater, but." Uh, I saw it on a Good Times Home Video <laughs> edition. That's how that copy was that I saw back in the day of I'm talking late '90s, or early 2000s. So yeah, I mean, I was, I, I, I never minded. It It was always a feel good, easy going movie. It's even wilder how many bit parts there are for all these other ones, like Bob Balaban, Carl Weathers, and even yeah. Lance Henderson's mm-hmm. It's like one of their for earlier movies, <laughs> the blink and miss it moments. <laughs> yeah.
3: It seems like everyone. It's strange you didn't mind it because it literally, in my opinion, is Spielberg's best film. Yeah, Uh, no, it's pretty good in every way, shape, or form. I mean, um, I understand love for you know Jaws and Schindler's List and and all that. I just feel like for some reason, when I'm done watching Close Encounters, I'm ready to put it in and watch it again.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
3: It's It's got a fair share of adventure in it. It's got real characters that we that feel real in the last 30 minutes or so is i wouldn't change a thing
0: kind of filmmaking even yeah. with the special edition like the changes are just like there like well, there i would shots <laughs>
3: because i wouldn't <laughs> go into the spaceship
0: um to prepare
3: for this episode i actually watched the director's cut for the first time cuz i've always been a theatrical cut you got to see the theatrical cut you got to see the theatrical yeah, cut whenever i, I went yeah. to The movies to see it, because they play a lot of midnight movies. Uh, When I first moved to California, there was a theater that would play it at least once a year in midnight movies. And they always played the (laughs) theater. And um, so now I'm watching the director's cut. And the director's cut, I actually didn't feel a difference. I I do know where some of the differences were. But it's a strong movie. And the last 25 minutes, which I don't think a filmmaker, any filmmaker today, would be able to get away with. um, Because it's just... Because they'd be using all these digital effects. And the reason it works is everything feels so real. Nothing feels like it's not present. And it's everybody looking at these spaceships in wonder. I mean, it's not like spaceships zooming around and all sorts of Mm -mm. stuff. It's just, oh, my God, what is this that's in front of us? And because it was done all practically, it really feels that way. And when you watch it on the big screen, that 25 minutes is kind of like, oh, my God, what are we watching? What are we looking at? This is fantastic. And you got characters relating to it. It's just it is such an amazing film and you know Spielberg's got a lot of amazing films Raiders of Lost Ark and all that but this to me I think he does everything right and then everything that he does right in all those movies seems to be present year too and Raiders of Lost Ark, you you leave and you're kind of exhausted now uh so you don't necessarily (laughs) want to watch it again for a couple of days but this one yeah it's over and it's kind of like oh my god I want to sit through that again
0: it's almost like a music video without you know the roboticness of what we often become no 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 uh close encounters oh yeah well that it's it's a mystical rhythm and it just slowly starts adding extra beats to it and then you just go along quite
5: literally
2: at times but no better use of yeah
3: no better use of williams's music than close encounters Mm -hmm. i i think Mm -hmm. i prefer Mm i think i prefer other scores better um oh yeah But that's like if you're listening to it on its own you might prefer something like et better but when it comes to how it's incorporated into the movie its importance in the movie and how it works within the movie right it's close encounters and not a when,
0: single track sacrifice there's so many star wars tracks you don't really hear in full unless you play like one of the video games you know
1: yeah 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 <laughs> <You> know,
0: <laughs> we did a uh i did used to do a um a
3: podcast called "Hawking Apes," where we talked about *Planet of the Apes*, and we did a whole episode on. Great score
0: by Goldsmith,
3: right? Yeah, we did a whole episode on that, and my my whole review of of uh, the *Planet of the Apes* score by Jerry Goldsmith is: uh, you cannot listen to that score on its own; it's just a bunch of noises. But inside the movie, it so effectively moves everything forward. It sets a tone. It yeah, sets a. And and that's are. what a score is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, E.T. might be more pleasurable to listen to, you know, on its own. But
4: <laughs> it's music. The if yeah. you
3: didn't have the score, Spielberg says that 50% of the success of Jaws is the score. I think right? it's the same here with Close Encounter. Yeah. I think if without without that score, it's not the same movie.
2: I'd oh, actually yeah. to, to go on to your point, uh, I used to be in the marching band when I was in high school and one of the ones we ended up doing Something was a John Williams set. we
0: were good at. That i could never do
2: uh <laughs> we're shaking yes. hands uh so, yeah, so yes i was, I was, I was
4: player, <laughs> virtually shaking but but uh, one of the Four thumbs up
2: we played the john williams scores and it was close encounters and et and then it was like jurassic park and all the other stuff but when our conductor was talking about this music specifically mm-hmm. everything else is just music this is a conversation Mm -hmm. it's like this is a character yes yeah it's like this this song right here is an actual conversation and you're you're this is like pretend you are a person and this is how you speak and i thought that was so interesting and i i watched the movie differently after that after having that talk with with her i was like i never thought of it that way and it's like it's so true Like this is another character in the movie you know this is this this serves a purpose to the story yeah
3: Yeah, it's so important to how they communicate with the with the Mm -hmm. uh, ship and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, with Williams, uh, when he does a score for Spielberg or anybody else, he nobody's better at him than in creating a theme.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Um, But a lot of times the theme can take over. Like how many times have you heard? Yeah, that's
0: a indie cue. (laughs) But
3: here um, it never takes over. It's just it's, Mm -hmm. it's a piece of the whole Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I mean by when I say this is Spielberg's best movie is he knows he was really incorporating everything, mm-hmm. uh, the editing, because uh, I think it was his first time working with Michael Kahn, um, the cinematography, yeah. Vilmos almost amazing cinematographer, and uh, just the way everything's together, the performances, the performance he got out of that kid mm-hmm. um, who's taken away, and Melinda Dillon's really good, and uh, Terry Garr's really good, it's just I want to say it's a perfect movie. There's some continuity issues, but you never know. The average person is not going to notice them because you're so drawn in by how everything is so perfectly worked on an emotional level. And it's not really a kids' movie the way ET is. This is a no, no, film. It's an <laughs> it's a- just PG, yeah, your yeah. boobs or gore, yeah. <laughs> it's an adult blockbuster. For, yeah i mean it, it it's it's geared towards adults not it's an adult film um mm. it's it's geared towards adults it's got adult adventure and uh you know it's adventure you know i don't think anybody under the age of 12 is going to really not be bored by this film but over yeah. the age of 12 you're going to be like wow this is this is it's not talking down to me mm-hmm. the aliens aren't big baddies who are mm-hmm. just shooting everything up with a lot of special effects
0: of devil's tower national monument
3: it's mm-hmm. it's just a very smart film. It's for adults. It's, um, yeah, it's my, it's, it's same I'm with as,
0: you. The, and the yeah. joy is earned. It's not, you know, yeah. it's a different kind of feel good than, you know, how he, he might do nowadays, where he's like, okay, not mm-hmm. sure that was earned, but I love you anyway. You know, it's like, here, <laughs> you're just like, this is a communication. This is a, like, and like you say, the orchestra complements the editing as opposed to, you know, getting a little too cute for its own joy. It's just, and like you say yeah i i i can't i've never heard a single person say this movie is boring never
4: no, I mean, I would... unless if it is really young kids, maybe, and they're not quite understanding. The most it, I've but... heard is people talk smack about
0: Jurassic Park or Jaws or Private well, Ryan. With but this, they probably not under... ready to watch it. <laughs> yeah.
3: For this, people under 12 in today's age, because everything out there
0: has to be yes. so fast paced, yeah. yeah. there must be and an explosion, explosion in every yeah. frame. Yeah. And it then doesn't they complain a... that yeah. there's too many explosions. I'm like, well, what do you want? <laughs> If there's not CGI all
3: over the place and you yeah. know people fighting and and all that every five seconds, you know, and, and if they can't watch it on their uh, cell phone, by God, please do not uh, watch this movie on your cell phone. In no. fact, I watched <laughs> it on my TV. Yeah, last when I watch night something. Still, it still takes away seeing it out of my big screen TV. When you watch a right? big screen in the theater, mm-hmm. and when this came out, I don't think people understand this. So when this movie came out. Movie theaters were movie theaters nowadays yeah. you had to the biggest, yeah. the biggest screen around where I live is about half the size of the normal screens when I was growing up. When you go mm-hmm. see the fablemans there's a shot where they pan across a movie audience and there's like two thousand people in this theater mm-hmm. that's what movies used to be and the mm-hmm. sc- the iMAX screens of today that was a regular screen when I was growing up big. in the seventies mm-hmm. and so imagine seeing uh close encounters like they just released jaws on the imax screen imagine seeing close encounters on the imax screen that's i'm
4: sure it's beautiful yeah
3: that's going to be the best experience you're going to get in today's
4: especially with the surround sound and like what you were saying there's music and then there's film scores it helps elicit the emotions of the scenes it helps push the story along it helps complement the characters and the passion you're feeling it doesn't distract you from it and too many movies now the music is just all distraction. It becomes almost like a glorified or it's too music loud video. And yeah. You don't know if too it's the loud, theater explosions proper mixing, yeah. digital flopper. Oh yeah. And, like, it, it's or you're sort, like it's
3: sort of and we don't hear the dialogue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
4: <laughs> it's sort of what, what we talk about with horror, right? <laughs> like with horror movies, you know where they just do like the pop-up scares. It's such a cheap way of doing yeah. of getting your horror pop rather than the drawn out building that tense moments. They just right? go for the quick thrills.
2: Yeah, quick thrills.
1: Ah,
5: oh,
2: man. Yeah. Yeah, Tell I said, guys t- tagging on to what, uh, what Dan and Mark were saying, too, about the whole thing with uh,
5: mm-hmm.
2: being the children and being a child and watching mm-hmm. it and then watching as an adult. I remember watching this as a kid and asking my parents, like, he's not coming back to his kids. Yeah. Like, he's he gone. forgot about his family. <laughs> like, his family doesn't yeah. know what's happening to him. <laughs> No, they don't know where he's, he's going or he's he went, like, they have no idea that he's he like was
0: complimenting the 50 style version <laughs> yeah. of what today would be, yeah. uh, you know, Bolo yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, Spielberg yeah.
3: says if he were to make the movie today, he wouldn't have that ending. He would, uh, he's
0: just too close to it. He would go back. To, hey. You know,
3: he'd have to go back to his family. But to me, I don't think it would
5: work.
0: Uh, Cause there's nowhere else to go. Like he's already, yeah. we can't, they
1: don't,
0: I wouldn't say he's unhappy, but he's dissatisfied. Yeah. yeah. He, but, like a, he's a he's a kid who's now grown up who wants adventure. he's well, got a boring adult life, you know? but
3: I don't it, think it, it would, if he doesn't go into that ship mm-hmm. there's no the the ending has no power to it yeah like there's no emotional anything to it. The only way you can do it now without him going into the ship is you'd have to change his character completely, yeah. It would make yeah sense. a rewrite and then you wouldn't have the same movie and so the character characters mm-hmm. created if he didn't go into that because i was thinking about this when i was done watching it i'm like if he doesn't go into that ship then there's no emotional value here what is all this for
1: uh, right
0: it... just
4: the well, spectacle the... of seeing it yeah.
0: i think he i don't know what else he would have yeah if it had just been i wave at you and you guys take off that would have been well you could have told that story in twenty yeah. minutes, you know. Yeah, and,
4: and even that ending—it's always been like a great conversation piece. Like, would you have gotten on that spaceship? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Knowing it—that's the question. Me- I, I'm the guy that goes into it. Like, I need to know for the sake. I need to know see. what it is. I'm going to that black hole. I need to see it.
3: You might regret it afterwards, but you, you might regret to it, yeah.
4: it. But,
1: but at least I know it. what it is. Enjoy the <laughs> <Yeah>. ride, baby. <laughs> yeah. For all I we know, they were for a sequel. I live long soon. enough. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I always felt the sad thing is that the the family never got to see that he wasn't crazy.
0: I mean, they'll, they'll
2: always think on there, and it's like our dad. Out, our dad went crazy. I'm sure if the news, if the news news. reports yeah. it. You got to think in that timeline, the news wasn't like it is now. They were, they were keeping it so hush-hush that the, the regular world was never going to know. So you're saying TMZ wasn't there, George? Is that what you're
3: saying? <laughs> <But> there, <laughs> there, were certain, there were certain things that happened that would make it so they would have – people would have to know. Like everybody who was returned didn't age and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I people would know. But I never thought about this until – it's Jorge, right? Yeah. Uh. Um, until you were you you were saying what you were saying, but he leaves and the family like the family's just gonna think he disappeared.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's not like an alien hell? spaceship came and, and <laughs> got him. They he just like ran away. They're gonna th- the family's now gonna think he abandoned them. <laughs> I yeah.
2: never thought about that before. Uh, out for well, they abandoned him first. So in all fairness, right. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well earned.
0: Well earned. <laughs> yeah.
2: The, the aliens appreciate yeah but those poor yeah. kids like they're just like, my dad went crazy that's the that's yeah. their story as they grow up yeah. like, my dad went crazy and that's it falling abandoned yeah Belling abandoned. Poor bastards well yeah. hopefully he raised a few aliens <laughs>
0: <laughs> who knows maybe
3: he'll come back in 10 years and everything will be okay
0: yeah. right i'm sorry for bastard <laughs> but hey you know i rate i'm and let me introduce you to all these other
4: family that you'll really love <laughs> Has Maybe this kid knows version? how to do the math problem now. Has <laughs> anybody see. have
3: seen the version where they go into the spaceship? I think
0: I saw part of it. I don't know if it was playing on TV one lazy afternoon. I, I'm i not sure, but it I definitely looked like there was some different footage. That yeah, well, they, it's not uh, as glaringly apparent as, say, the E.T. where he erases the guns and has them yeah, with which flashlights. Sucks. <laughs> well, thank god we
3: got the original version back for that but uh
0: they had they I added think that was just to get a pg rating in theaters kind of oh, like how so. when he re-released jaws in a uh anniversary screen he got an r so they couldn't let anyone in and it's like really i never heard, I never heard well, that. then by this classification every other james bond movies rated r you know? <laughs> yeah,
3: but yeah. uh i guess they 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 took some scene well i mean i know i've seen it so they they took some scenes out they uh, added some scenes in that he really wanted to put in. And then he made, uh, in order to do this, he agreed to, you know, do the interior of the spaceship. And then the mm, director's make it work kind as of well <laughs> He put some of those scenes back in um, that he took out originally so that they could make room for the scenes inside the spaceship. But when you go inside the spaceship in the movie, it just feels so tacked on. You can mm, tell. If, if
1: what doesn't movie, match up?
3: Well, it's, it's just that... Uh, it's so uninspired when you get when you're inside and so (laughs) but then again you think about it it's like the reason it needs to be left to our imagination is because Mm -hmm. there's no way he could have shown us anything that would have said made us say wow you know (laughs) how do we know what's there and so you leave it to the viewer's imagination and so i did because i have the three movie set and uh, so I watched Jealous. it uh, a number of years <laughs> back, and it was one of those things where I was like, well, I never need to watch this again.
5: I'm always going to go back to that
3: theatrical version, theatrical version. Yeah. You know, last night when I watched the director's cut, and now I, I don't know, either one. I think that uh, people are trying to decide between the director's cut and the theatrical. I think either one, you know, I think you're you're in, you're in good shape with both of them. Just don't go to the special
1: edition. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Duly noted. Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Write that down. I mean, it, it does sting how, you know, sometimes director's cuts, there's not much difference, uh, you know, like Michael Mann or Ridley Scott, and then there's other ones who's like, oh, you can tell. And then, yeah, you know, Steven just kind of walked that fine line, and he just kind of did it briefly, you know. It's like, uh, he, you, you get a sense that he's pretty much satisfied with everything he makes, even if we, we aren't, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, a
3: lot of director's cuts are just done, like to to have a director's cut sell it. I mean, I heard an interview with Ridley Scott where he says every movie, the, the theatrical is always the director's cut. Um, and so when they come out with the director's cut, it's not it's not specifically Big his the same cut, way. happy with the theatrical, <laughs> but there are some director's cuts that make major differences. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: I do a Some of them are website. easy. It's just delete scenes yeah. put Since back. I do a
3: website room. called Underexposed Cinematic Treasures. I'll give you one to watch, and that's the director's cut of uh, The Cotton Club.
0: Yes. That's mm. so a different movie, right? Yes,
3: it is, and it's so much better. Same thing with The Abyss. Um, most people know The Abyss is this very mediocre movie, but you watch that director's cut, and it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It is fantastic. Absolutely.
0: The director's mm-hmm. cut of yeah. Aliens is often used on...
1: Mm-hmm
3: aliens you know. is a good director's cut too but then you know you'll watch the director's cut of something like stargate and you'll be like i don't i don't understand or alien it's not much difference yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know but then you watch uh once upon a time in america and you get it <laughs> you
0: know, just... yeah leone's pretty apparent with his director's cuts uh really scott varies i know some people prefer the four hour cut of kingdom of heaven i don't mind the original cut but then there's uh blade runner he's like oh i can tell which version i'm watching yeah there's the yeah. board, there's the board Harrison Ford narration, so I'm watching yeah. the initial special edition, <laughs>
3: of course, there's so many cuts of that, so. uh, yeah, there's
0: yeah yeah we're we're gonna definitely do a fun director's cut series uh, we'll probably do we'll definitely do one for apocalypse now, we'll do one for hmm. uh, a few others, but yeah, then there's other ones where you're like that's all they added, like American gangsters, there's like a few extra scene? scenes of crime scenes, and yeah, one extra monologue and, like. The,
3: but you know, sometimes it can make all the difference, and I want to get back on Spielberg. Oh yeah, with dialogue, especially there called, are some uh-huh.
0: where I need there's that. There's a there's a movie
3: called The Descent, and the director's cut basically adds one shot. It adds Neil a Marshall. final shot to the end of the, yeah. and it is a completely different movie because of it. Because it ends in a totally just one shot, and it goes from a C movie, C minus movie, to an A plus movie.
0: I probably need to watch that version then, because yeah. I, I, yeah, I do I've I seen do, it yeah. yeah. I do recall that I think they advertised it with a new shocking ending.
1: Well, like, I
3: remember when I saw the the in theaters and it ended. I'm like, really? That's how it's going to end? Really? Uh, did and they forget I a saw frame?
1: The director- <laughs> I <saw> the- <laughs> then I saw
3: the director's cut, and I'm like, oh my god! I was a- that's an amazing ending because it's that's the a great ending.
1: ending. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh
0: man! Oh, director's cuts. So here we are going on to E. T. You know, for some reason, I I really only saw this like when I was a uh, preteen teen i didn't really want to see it when i was a kid i just was freaked out by the notion of aliens even though i'd seen close encounters it was just kind of more of those like yeah this is a fun easygoing crowd pleaser it's kind of technically part of the star wars universe if you think about it yeah
2: yeah a little bit species appears in the (laughs) shared
4: universe yeah Yeah.
2: he could be a jedi
4: (laughs) yeah that finger baby yeah. Well, he can't yeah.
1: fly, so.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe,
1: yeah. I believe I can fly.
0: Oh, wait, that didn't date well.
2: Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of those guys touch kids. You might want to steer back on that one. <laughs> 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 didn't Michael Jackson
4: say he liked E.T.?
2: Yeah, more yeah he goes right with
4: yeah. it.
3: E.T., yeah. I mean, that for the longest time was the number one movie of all
0: time it was mm-hmm. in 84 and what a big year there's so many uh the original terminator star trek Free, uh enemy mine which i just can't believe flopped but they just spent so much money on it they didn't want to market it and it's like that's a great alien versus a uh, human culture movie too but yeah it was like 84 is a big year we have back to the future we have cult movies mm-hmm. like trancers it, plenty of butter sleeper movies it's like man dynamite <laughs>
5: yeah great year
3: no et for me the first time i saw it i just remembered it as kind of an alien movie because this was before uh you know i was really getting into movies i think uh when i was a kid i saw maybe five or six movies in theaters Mm -hmm. and it's because i think we went it was uh baseball's all-star game was on and my father wanted to watch it so my mom's like we're going to the movies
0: <laughs> so, so she was like <laughs> my mom, perfect. <laughs> and, and
3: I thought it was I thought it was an okay movie. And then I d you know, since it didn't have an impression on me when I was watching Spielberg stuff, I didn't really revisit it until the director's cut came out. And mm. then I was kinda like the director's cut, they had that really bad scene and all those really kind of
1: <laughs> bad
3: effects of E.T. And so I was kind of like mm-hmm. not even into it at all. And then a couple of years later, it's Thanksgiving, and a friend of mine comes over Thanksgiving and says, let's watch E.T. And I put in the the Blu-ray, and so this is the first time that I'm really watching it. And when it was over, I'm like, what the hell? that was amazing <laughs> that was great
0: <laughs> it is funny how you gotta be in a certain mood
3: with
1: yeah. certain movies
3: hey, but see I yeah. was watching it two nights ago because I rewatch all these movies for this mm. otherwise yeah I likewise oh, I awesome yeah. Yeah. and so um, because uh, it's been a while and so uh, I'm watching it and E.T.'s got like a lot of little tiny flaws and problems with it like I I, the scene with the frogs I just don't understand that it doesn't work for me at all but there's so much heart there's so much soul there's so mm-hmm. much care And the way that these characters work together and everything, by the end of the movie, it's like, wow, that was amazing. And it's another one that uses its score really well. Not as well as Closing Outters, because I think the score stands out a little too much at times. But... it gets a little cute. And and the practical effect of E.T. is just... He feels very real. You know? I mean, you're watching... Even based on today's effect, I think practical effects like E.T., work better than cgi effects and i think we mm-hmm. need to get
0: those. I those a mean, lot of bit part roles yeah, yeah. c thomas hall is the, yeah. kid, the friend uh, henry thomas is now mike flanagan's favorite actor to use and
1: <laughs> uh,
3: how did he get these performances this these performances especially from drew barrymore and this was barrymore. at a time when spielberg there was a time when spielberg's dialogue felt more natural than scripted and i feel like you know his his dialogue now feels like most movies where you can tell that it was written but early mm. on in his career when he was doing movies like sugar express and jaws and yeah he, everything felt so improv and some of the yep. stuff that comes out of drew barrymore's mouth you know no one it's that. Uh, yeah
4: it's
3: <laughs> like and she just said that and the camera was on it
4: yeah. it didn't feel like acting yeah the,
0: don't you love
3: how Jay yeah.
4: wallace
0: this is around oh, the same yeah. time Actually. she's becoming a screen queen and yeah here she was as the mom yeah. and I know the dinner table argument, there's like a brief blooper that's often listed, you know, it's like she yeah, you can yeah. tell that she's laughing before they come. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah.
3: everything about E.T. just the characters feel real to the mm-hmm. point where even E.T. himself feels real. Um and I think that's maybe why I don't like the little telepathy between the two where they, you know, he where uh where Elliot can feel uh E.T.'s feelings and all that. I don't mm-hmm. think it's pulled off very well. And so um that a part of it doesn't work for yeah. me but overall with the exception of that everything just fe- and maybe it's because everything else feels so real and natural even when et takes to flight it just feels like it belongs and mm-hmm. it's when he takes to flight that first time i love it because i and i was really noticing this when i was watching it uh, a couple of nights ago is um He goes to this cliff, and Spielberg doesn't play it like "Oh my god, he's going to go over the cliff!" "Oh my god, he's going over the cliff!" He just goes over. It's just this very kind of sweet Mm -hmm. going over the cliff, and he's flying. Just
0: Just go for for it. it. The non-threat. The non-threat. Can't can't have too many kids crying in the
4: theater. Can't do that. (laughs) No, and then even with this movie, the technical stuff, like the the cinematography, the shots. He does a lot of low angles from like a child's point of view. The man with the key. I like not how don't we really, don't even see his face until later. Um, yeah, no. But very even low look angle. at the deleted
0: scene where Harrison Ford plays yeah. the teacher because he was married yeah. to the writer, Melissa Matheson, at the time. It's like, yeah, it's just like, uh, just all this just like, it's not voyeuristic. It's just more kind of like, you're in the corner. Uh, here's the mm-hmm. fan's perspective, but not exactly. Yeah. you know just. <laughs> But yeah. these shots that
3: he was shooting, he, I think most of it shot from, like, a kid's uh, mm-hmm. level because he wanted yeah. us to relate to the kids as yeah. opposed to the adults. And you'll notice that the adults are in, v- like, that first half of the movie, before the adults really take a presence, you don't really see any adult faces outside of D oh. Wallace's. Yeah. Um,
1: I it's do very Peanuts-like. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peanuts. yeah. I do want yeah. somebody <laughs> to
3: explain to me why we kept going to a shot of Peter Coyote's keys, though.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't understand that. It was, we kept going to the keys and they, there had to have been like, I think sport. you wanted to just ratchet up some tension. Like what does a kid look at? But I I see what you mean. The editing is a little um, hectic at times that, where you're like, I'm not sure co- what's going on. That could be it, you know, cause that would be at a kid's level. Yeah. But like you say, you kind of got to be in that mode. You got to be kind of like a kid.
4: When you're yeah. Watching
1: yeah. It. yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> and It's sort of the threat. And it kind of reminded me of like Indy, uh, you know, when you see like the whip on the side holster and you kind of see like the keys jingling.
1: Well,
3: yeah. but then, but then uh, this is how good a director Spielberg is that he can overcome stuff. And that is, you know, first of yeah. all, he has the bravery, He's very brave to kill E.T. I and swear he, he we're not him. biased. He, he does, does <laughs> do edgy <laughs> when, stuff
0: that is mild, that is like anyone else absolutely. would have done too
4: much. In a kids' movie. Yeah, well the thing is he this, that. yeah,
3: He's all gray, he looks like horrible and all that, and he kills him off, but then he brings him back to life, and that should not have worked. Oh well, you know, he's getting you know, it feels like a cop out and coming back to life. <laughs> but because we've gotten to know E.T. so well, we don't see it as a cop out. We're just like, Oh my god, he's alive. Yay, we're feeling like yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so we're your happy- kid
3: can shut up now, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But because generally, when when something like that happens or somebody comes out of nowhere to save the day, I don't like it. But here, it's like it happens, and you're like, it works. It makes so sense for this kind of sub genre that he's
0: yeah. playing with. Yeah,
4: you sort of buy into the magic, you know. What I mean, like the
2: magic he yeah. set up.
4: Yeah, I get it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So talking about like the the man with the keys, because last yeah. night we, wa- we we watched this. Oh, I- Tori,
4: uh,
0: Amos, uh, where'd you get the keys, girl?
2: <laughs>
0: Couldn't resist. Anyway. But, uh,
2: <laughs> i forgive i forgive uh, my, my my wife hasn't had it watched it in forever she's probably a kid last time she saw the movie and we brought up the guy with the keys it's like what's up with this guy that's what she was asking me and i was like oh well he works you know for the the, the organization that's gonna go yeah, after et already. and everything yeah. mm-hmm. and she's like like it's such an interesting like, why are they going like why are they showing that like the keys part of what do the keys mean and it's like i i tr- kind of uh translated to being split. like uh well like you know when you're a kid and you go to school and there's a janitor and the janitor has those yep. big keys yep. and yeah. most they of the time uh, for ice for when i was growing up kids were afraid of the janitor because yeah. they were in that dark room and those keys seemed so intimidating mm-hmm. so you i kind of like related it to that like, whoa yeah More
4: like a re- principal almost oh, yeah. or even in jail i like the you know they have like the whole set of keys and all that
2: yeah so i, I related oh, to that like as a kid watching this movie, it's like you you associate the keys as being like, Oh, that's a bad person possibly. And you find out later on he's not even a bad guy. Like he actually does so, care. Yeah, but figure- trying to help him. But you're thinking that through the whole movie. Like, yeah. I that for me, that's what I always related it to. It's like that kind of sense. That-
3: you got to figure that Spielberg was, he had a reason for doing that. Now I'm
0: trying mm-hmm. to wonder if it's It's, cr- just, it's more cryptic than a ambiguous Nolan.
5: Yeah, but, <laughs> but maybe it's just a
0: separation <laughs> of adults and kids because kids, maybe it don't means it. Keys. they don't need keys
3: for anything. They don't have the key to anything. So are you Whereas saying you'd rather or,
0: write a clickbait article? What does it mean? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it out there to everybody. I
4: swear it
1: means something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: A and I think that's meaning. sort of wh- what it is: is that it doesn't necessarily need to mean something. It's the feeling behind it, like what you're yeah. saying, George. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, as a kid, it's either the janitor that's doing it. You could even reference it to like a, like a prison, like a jail with the keys, even a parent. Kids keys aren't barrier, used, Yeah, to sort of them. like that. We're sort yeah. of Are we locking in or enclosure. It? Maybe it's
0: yeah. I, I always took it as just building suspense, even before I even knew what the hell mystery and suspense meant. <laughs>
2: We'll return after these messages.
0: Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as... Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters Podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com.
2: Cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation.
3: Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it.
2: We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately,
0: was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com.
4: Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah, but it but it does and it, and he relates it to children because that's how a kid relates it to as some kind of danger. So that's mm-hmm. what he gives us. You know, so
0: I'm probably too. I mean, Yeah. even anyone who says oh i hate it oh i find it overrated you're still gonna watch this a few times because there's gonna be someone in your family who wants to see it and you're just like hey it's it's the
3: the one thing that happens in the movie and every time i watch it because now since i rediscovered it that
0: uh i um I've i've seen it a
3: bunch of times and the one thing that i can't get over is how quickly it ends because like they pull up on the spaceship and then the mom and uh pulls up her station wagon, and all of a sudden, Drew Barrymore's right there at ET, and they're saying mm-hmm. goodbyes.
1: Yeah.
5: And I wish there
3: was like a minute or so of something, like the mother pulling her back, just something there that that just feels a little really less static. really quick. Yeah. But then it's yeah. then then it recovers and saves itself because the the goodbyes are so emotional. You know, so That's it's like I get, a, <laughs> I get taken out of it for a second, but then I'm brought right back in because once again, Spielberg is a master of. of, of you know, really kind of manipulation at
1: times. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, he knows how to play his cards. It's interesting to see even who he, you know, works with. Mm-hmm. At the time, again, you know, I think he just needed that breather. Uh, So did Temple of, did he film Temple of Doom first or was this first? I can't remember.
3: Looking at his list.
0: He moving... just produced <laughs> After Guys two years later, earlier. He, and it's so dumb how everyone's like, he co-directed. I'm like. He did what a producer does, which is give
5: notes. (laughs) Right, uh, it
3: went went Raiders of the Lost Ark, then ET. Okay, yeah. So he was
0: angry, and I guess because he let all that anger out post divorce,
1: you know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I
0: think he was ready to just settle down. He's like, okay, let's do something fun that I don't even have to think about. I'm a cheerful guy,
3: you know. ET was was before Templar Dune.
0: Okay, so so that's why he was just lovey lovey, lovey, dovey and then he's like, how about I make a giallo-type Indiana
3: jones prequel? E.T. is is so obviously him dealing with just divorce because of his parents' divorce. Yeah. Yeah. um, And then, of course, after that came Twilight Zone, which is in itself its own animal because...
0: uh, Right, the movie. (laughs) Yeah, because he so obviously wasn't into making that after the I think he was just saddened by all the tragedy that on there. And he's like, I'm just going to remake one of the popular ones that had Bill Shatner with the ground. Uh, I I heard or read
3: somewhere something along the lines. He he just after that, uh, maybe it was on the Shutter show. I don't know, but it, somewhere that uh, he just didn't want to continue with the twi- making the Twilight Zone after the big accident that happened on set
1: yeah so he
3: really was a total into, mood killer he yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. really into making it and that's why it doesn't necessarily feel as magical as it probably could have yeah. and then after uh and then after twilight zone the movie came uh, indiana jones of the temple of doom um which you know we just talked about his best movie of all time close encounters of the third kind temple of doom to me is one of his worst so um, ouch I know <laughs> it's all good I, that's and, and I, didn't and, like and it I really know bad. I'm in the minority there, but even Spielberg... <laughs> no, no.
0: There's, so. <laughs> it was the least popular... I, I mean, I'm now seeing people shit on Last Crusade. I'm like, uh, no.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, Crusade, no that no that is a
0: winning that. buddy duo. That is not a terrible yeah. lethal weapon knockoff. That is a no. good...
4: He got a great father-son dynamic that he... I mean, he crushed it with that, that relationship. People shit on the air. Um, yeah. I'm
0: like, the humor is the best part. Yeah. I mean, well,
4: the Kingdom problem with, with the crystal it, skull, that's a different story.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's the a, worst. That that's one, one I don't consider. The <laughs>
4: problem, the problem
0: with um
3: The Last Crusade, and I like The Last Crusade, is... Um, <laughs> I love it. It's the uh, it's the ending, you know, with the penitent man and all. It just it feels like he gets really? through all that so oh, easily. Man. And it really needed to be something like the opening of Raiders. And so that's what it is for me. And not only that, I don't think Spielberg and Lucas ever really realized what made Raiders Lost Ark so great because
0: as now much that I will agree with, because there were so many of, cooks in the kitchen. Philip they got Koppin, away from it. And, uh, well, last part.
3: crusade, <laughs> last crusade is a fun movie and I'll tell mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and you guys are going to hate me, but I think uh crystal skull is just as good as last crusade. Um, mm. But they're just popcorn movies yeah. and Raiders was not a popcorn <laughs> movie. It was a popcorn movie at a different level. Yeah. Movie.
0: Raiders. I do remember yeah. seeing as a kid and I was like, man, it's pretty intense. <laughs> you know, yeah, that yeah, truck yeah. chase is probably
3: Someone got probably fucking run over <laughs>
1: probably the,
3: yeah, it's probably the most intense scene ever ever made i just reviewed a movie called sorcerer which has got this bridge scene which is the second most intense scene ever made and i had to make yeah, that point in my movie that it's second to the truck chase in uh in raiders because mm. that is just one of the all-time great you know scenes of its
0: kind in i'm raiders. with you it's uh, and i mean nothing
3: ever duplicated it in, if there's
0: any anything he did with indie i mean that was just where he's like kind of his own style of adventure i mean truth be yeah. told you know lucas would always act like it was his baby and i was like well yeah. lucas i mean you're setting up the shots and yeah. make, being an assistant director and yeah. setting up the production being the money man but you know this really I, is kind of more Stephen's baby I, I, feel... I am
4: curious mark i would want to know uh your thoughts behind Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because I see the the monkey on the on the tweet. You know, when Here's the thing. Here's my
3: thoughts on Crystal Skull
0: if you want. Go <laughs> for it, my dude.
3: We gotta eventually get to the
0: world's allowed.
3: It yeah. does involve yeah, but uh, <laughs> see, the thing is is with uh Crystal Skull, with the exception of the monkey scene and the bugs, because really mm-hmm. sure. and you know when they're driving along that cliff and it's so obviously digital. Yeah. Um and, uh, and and I got to assume that, you know, Lucas was behind all that because Spielberg. Oh, yeah, that's him doing his you, notes and saying, the greatest, what you want to do, George? <laughs> I really began because of Jurassic Park, but there's still a lot of practical stuff in that. Mm-hmm. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Balance it's it. And um, but I think that, you know, with the exception of that, it it can be pretty fun at times if you just go in and for the stunts. I believe yeah. that there certain movies. Where you turn your brain off and you just have a good time, you yeah. eat some popcorn, you just have a good time, yeah. And like Michael Bay films, the but yeah, like, it did like, kind like have... of have like
0: some of Michael, some, B- some of Michael. it has like, some yeah. Michael Bay moments, but then it yeah, has like, kind of <laughs> some Independence <laughs> Day moments where you're like. Eh
3: in yeah, transformers yeah. is
0: the perfect example
3: because the first half of that yeah. even if you turn your brain off you can see how stupid it is but the yeah. second half of it you turn your brain yeah. off and it's like a,
0: a pg-rated uh verhoeven film i always i'm you glad know? you mentioned that because when i first saw transformers and you know i saw spielberg and all those other guys were, were involved with it i was like it almost did feel like Michael Bay was kind of just taking his notes. Oh, have the kids connect with the car, and he's like, "Oh, you mean like Gremlins and et Sure, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll give
1: you that, Stephen. Now back off." And then
5: the
0: rest is his usual violent Brookheimer yes.
3: <laughs> But I mean, there's enough in Crystal Skull. Like, like first of all, I was really happy that he didn't pass the torch. I mean, he takes the hat back, and um, and I thought shiloh yes. was okay. Um, I liked seeing the two uh, him Before and we uh, him he a what's her name, yeah. Allen, back to uh, Harrison now and back together again, even if that scene doesn't work at all when they first see each other, and the whole thing with the snake, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work, but then there's just a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, the library just zonk your brain out. That fridge mm-hmm.
0: scene is, though, comedy gold. I, I felt the
3: same way, <laughs> actually. I actually felt the same way about The Last Crusade because I felt like he was finding his clues too
0: easily in The Last Crusade, like X marks the spot and there it is. It's I think the, they just said, know. we just wanted to say screw you to James Bond because we want to, I think they wanted to out-bond and they were so distracted working with Connery because who wouldn't it be? And the this, reason yeah.
1: I,
3: well, and then the reason I don't like Temple of Doom is because it's not an Indiana Jones movie. I yeah, wanted it's to a horror movie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and it's like the stuff on this table with the with all the food and that. how gross that was. It's like, what is all that about? And then you go underneath yeah. the ground. It's like, I want to see this archaeologist kind of going and exploring a dig yes. and stuff like that. And it wasn't like that. And it just felt, I have
4: kind
0: of felt... Ripped the first off. This part like, is like a 30s gangster pitcher.
3: <laughs>
4: you know? Even dress him in the James Bond outfit. Yeah. A right. suit, you know? I don't
3: mind the
0: opening scene of the movie.
3: No. Yeah. And I think Short Round. Uh, don't get me wrong, Keanu is very he annoying.
0: Just I just love him in Short Round's rapport and the death traps. And, but
3: no, he oh, yeah, feels like an add on character to appeal <laughs> to an audience as opposed to somebody who belongs in the movie. Well, no, that's
0: half true because he was a Goonie after all. So I think, yeah. yeah, Stephen was just like, go loose <laughs> now, man. Goonies
3: I love. Yeah, Goonies
4: is amazing. I love no,
0: that. Goonies is fun. I'm just, I'm easy going. I'm sorry, I'm taking you off track again.
3: Oh, no, yeah, yeah, fine.
4: War of the Worlds. Yeah. War of the Worlds, yeah. yeah. So
0: this was one of the, so I'll, I'll let you guys do your first impressions because everyone varies on this one. So I'm going to let you guys yeah. kind of up.
4: Yeah, I mean, for me, War of the Worlds, I love the, the 1950s style look and everything that he brought with that retro look. Yeah, Daniel. I just I remember when I first saw War of the Worlds, I thought it was OK. It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched it again. It's not it's a mission good. impossible.
0: Tom Cruise yeah, is running, it's but, good, it's not- <laughs> but
4: it's not. But it's not a mission impossible. It's still good, but it's not. It's nowhere near. I wouldn't even say his top, in my opinion, at least. I wouldn't even put it in the top 15 of my favorite Spielberg movies. So sure it's not enough. a bad movie. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just... I know people who either <laughs>
0: like it or really, really hate it. It, it yeah. really does depend on the crowd. It was, it was it... okay. So it was one of those where I, I just slowly soaked it up. It was kind of I saw that the same you know year as King yeah. Kong, and each yeah. time I was I appreciated them on repeat viewings. I yeah. appreciated that. That was where I was even. I mean, had more fun even just thinking about movies after the fact. And it, yeah. usually, I only did that if it was like a mystery or just a funny movie with some insight, you know, a sat- satire. And this was one. is like, okay, interesting. And the the train on fire. That was a cool way to show the, an off screen massacre. Versus yeah. just yeah. spend more time. I think everyone gets much like Crystal Skull gets distracted by all the zap effects. Oh, yep. Why did they disappear? But the clothes are still there. You know, I. Yeah. I It made yeah. sense to me, but others were like, "What the fuck?" Ah yeah, this movie sucks. I, yeah. <laughs> it,
5: it, it, it was the up.
4: ending i think it was the ending that bothered me a little more where i, I see a lot of people hand. Hand. yeah oh, why is that, that house still standing yeah the mom should sucks. technically
0: be dead we're never hear about it all, until
4: all the, it just seemed too convenient that's where i'm like okay that's spielberg more of the modern spielberg that we've kind of had complaints about it just seemed too perfect everything was too perfect how does she escape how did the sun just pop out of nowhere and he's perfectly I just fine. mainly
0: remember all the military stuff. Uh, The best part is yeah. when they're in the basement. You got psycho Tim Robbins. You're yeah. like, see, yeah, the Tim only Robbins, thing worse... Yeah. Then the alien are the humans themselves who, again, yes, you know, are yep. going to be the douchebags who throw yes. everyone under the sidewalk. You, you, I, think, I almost want to see more of that. I want to see more. Wasn't of there the someone human. who jumps on like one of the boats and is like that gets blown up and they're like, me, me, yeah. me first. So it just shows yeah. you all the spoiled guys are eating each other, you know, <laughs> just yeah. and trampling cars, each, other, shooting each and other and they're, they're the first to each die. So, yeah, hey, there you go. That works yeah. for me. Uh, but I can't believe that that whole rotation scene with the car that took six cameras to digitally mesh it together. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes just... of the whole movie right there. Six cameras. You're welcome, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. it's
3: interesting. So before I tell you what I thought of the movie, I... yeah. <laughs> the second time I up, saw it, right. um, it was at a special screening and Dennis Mirren was there to talk about the special effects and everything. Ooh. And they actually had very...
0: He's the big head of ILM, for those who don't know.
3: Um, Yeah, he's the big special effects guy and uh, one I of the best in and he was there to talk about it, and he talked about how they literally didn't have as much time as they needed to do the special effects, and because uh, I think they did the movie in like a year or something like that. And yeah, he was doing was...
0: Munich. He's producing two other shows mm-hmm. for HBO, yeah. and you got to uh, remember G&T. at
3: a certain time it took two, three it used to take two, three years to make a movie because not everything was done inside the computer. And Steven's mm-hmm. doing
0: like two movies a year. He's like can't yeah. wait.
3: And so, um, and so they had so little time to make this uh, movie that he actually uh what he said was he found it uh it worked for the better because you can get caught on designing the aliens and the alien spaceships and going back to the drawing board uh, over and over again and this forced them to just settle on one of the earlier kind right because they're just so, like
0: the original any other iteration of war of the world is yeah. like it's right. it's giant walkers that zap people and yep. so,
3: so that was kind of cool so i thought i'd bring that up but I love War of the Worlds. I think it's a fantastic movie, and I actually understand why everybody has a problem with the ending because for, the only problem I have with the ending is the fact that the sun just kind of shows up. Yeah. And when they get together, they kind of it's like they worked out their problems, and it's kind of like, well, how'd you work out your problems? You guys yeah. weren't really speaking when he took right. off.
4: Yeah. And... and he literally <laughs> ran away from you.
3: Yeah, and some of the best... Uh, you bastard!
0: Scenes, no, <laughs> yeah. Some of the best scenes in the movie were the conflicts that
3: they had.
0: So I didn't like. It's a very realistic arguing. That is definitely something yeah. I hear in every review. The most realistic, you know, single yeah. parent,
4: right. divorced parent, arguing. and even their hats. Like even them wearing a Boston Red Sox hat and a Yankees yeah. hat. Tells we you know everything
0: about how different
3: that's they are. it, yeah. Just
4: based off Thank of you. visual, yes. Just yeah. Just based off of visual, yeah.
3: So, and then I've never, this was the same thing with the original War of the Worlds, um, and the book. It's, I don't like the idea of the the aliens dying because of the virus because nobody defeats the aliens, and so it's yeah. very anticlimactic. And that happens here, although I like when they come into Boston and how Spielberg handles it all. So the ending doesn't ruin it for me, but that movie, from the minute those aliens make their first appearance at mm-hmm. that point where they reach boston is so much fun in every way shape or form not only does it have its action scenes where it looks like just it gives one life camera, to the city know,
1: yeah it's mm-hmm. it's
3: got that amazing scene uh with the where they take the, the 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 mob and the car getting taken away from them and the guy getting shot <laughs> off you know it's just mm-hmm. all this amazing stuff that the the stuff on the ferry um where they stop for a second as showing how
0: animalistic everyone is it, yeah but then there's that where... legend where every black or book of eli or every other post-apocalyptic movie was kind of trying to make it be like that you know
3: but but this one had some real kind of emotion in there too because then you got the scene yeah. where the, the son goes up to help and and that's when tom cruise is kind of like looking at him like realizing that his son is is a good kid and maybe the other father you know the other guy the the guy who married his mom uh i think the ex-wife i guess um was probably uh you know responsible for that and mm-hmm. so it just had a lot of stuff like that in it. The Tim Robbins stuff was really interesting. The, the, when the, when the, uh, when the tentacle. Morgan comes Freeman's in, narration
0: he... doesn't mm-hmm. feel too Morgan Freeman <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, the, the well, I didn't actually like the, the narration. I'm not a big fan of narration. Um, but okay. the tentacle coming into the basement. I mean, that if you really want to. And exam... then they're having to take an axe
4: <laughs> using the yeah, mirror. But, I mean, the mirror was yeah. a cool one. This yeah. is the kind That's of movie. That's a shining where... moment. Yeah.
3: This is the kind of movie where, once again, you just. Take off, uh, you, you take out your brain and you just vegetate and you just let it absorb you, it, mm-hmm. let it be what it wants to be. Otherwise, you start going kind to of start asking questions like when Tim Robbins uh waves them in, they're the only two people that go into the house, there all these people. Yeah. You start <laughs> yeah. asking questions like that, yeah. But if you recognize the kind of movie that this movie wants to be, which is what I tell people with all movies forget trailers or anything, just let the movie introduce itself stop to you, stop acting it like be that's the movie that the it wants to be. And yeah. if you let this movie be the movie it wants to be, it's a lot lot of fun and Spielberg does a really good job with it he doesn't fall into all the traps that a lot of other filmmakers would mm-hmm. uh you know he gives us one shot while they're in the car as opposed to Michael Bay would have given you 500 shots the way that they, we the way we get the plane crash is pretty incredible mm-hmm. plane crash um, is well done yeah. And, yeah. and I think in somebody else's hands I'm trying to think who else could have done as good a job as Spielberg, but I mean, he they would was... have
0: made us feel too isolated. I feel anyone else who would have got gotten this, they would have just been like, and then this happens. And then this happens. But we got to show the plane crash. Or we got to show gotta too show much, much this... of the aliens to where there's yeah. no suspense at all. And it's just, again, Independence Day
4: yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie really highlighted the classic Spielberg where you have the constant motion with the action that's happening. And it's the continuous shot. He did a great job with this. So the action, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Mark. It kept, it kept your attention, you know, uh, throughout the movie. So, I like it. Thousand
0: percent. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where he just started returning to just grim stuff again, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you know, after that, he, you know, he gave us Munich, which to me was a snore fest. I'm looking at his list right here: Adventure of Tintin, <laughs> which would have been exciting if it had been live action. Oh, but Mark, don't <laughs> yeah. you know?
0: Don't don't you remember? Don't fuck with the Jews. That immortal line by Daniel Craig in the movie. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> I I I don't know. A lot of people really like Munich, but I was I was so bored by it for some reason. I, that's basically his return to doing a spy movie. He never got to do. Yeah,
3: it. I don't know. Yeah. I I think I I in a lot of ways I like his uh, more sci-fi. It's the stuff that has the more blockbuster feel. I have I have a more. Enjoyment with yeah, you 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 recognize the greatness and the importance of something like Schindler's List and Private Ryan, Mm -hmm. but in reality, when you're done watching Schindler's List, you don't feel like going
4: in and
1: watching. (laughs) The the
4: rewatchability of those is yeah, yeah. I can do Private Ryan, but yeah,
0: yeah, Schindler Schindler, you should watch that just once, maybe at an anniversary screening,
1: but that's it. Yeah,
3: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, you know, Schindler's List, uh, Amistad, and all those kinds of movies, they're really hard to watch, but they're important. There's a difference between going to the movies for something that you're going to enjoy and something that's just important, you know, it really exactly. helps get what happened out yeah. to the masses, and yeah.
5: that's what we do. Like it's more
4: like that. a spectacle, you know? I mean, like, there's those spectacle films, and there's a He does it kind film. of with War Horse, where he
0: kind of tries to blend yeah. the grit of those, and then the horse's equivalent, basically, E.T., you know? Yeah. Elliot yeah. Uh, and Soldier.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I do notice that uh, when he does do one genre, the movies all are very different. Like, E.T. Or ET is very much a family film. Mm-hmm. Close Encounters is more for adults, maybe, you know, from 13, 12 or 13 on up, because it's right. more mm-hmm. serious. And then uh, War of the Worlds is just your popcorn movie. Because E.T. Yeah. and Close Encounters really aren't popcorn movies. There's a lot mm-hmm. there to absorb. Whereas well, these the themes are kind of minuscule in really... getting yeah, so his he... war shocks in with a... giving... He's not just revisiting and giving you the same thing over and over Mm-mm.
1: again. Not He's even still... the
0: same kind of emotion even, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Jorge, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, any closing thoughts uh, you have on this one, why it varies by crowd?
2: I don't uh, so I, I've I've owned this film since it came out because uh, oh. I'm a Tom Cruise fan and a Spielberg fan, so it's I'm just Tom it's, Cruise. Yeah, Don't even think about it. I'm gonna buy this. It's gonna blow my collection. But uh, as rewatching again this morning, before coming on to here,
0: <laughs> nice. I love yeah. you guys' research. You guys are amazing. Oh, you're yeah. telling me
2: I got to watch movies before That's going right. to a podcast. Okay, and Spielberg too <laughs> and much war movies. <Spielberg>. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Um, yeah.
1: hey, if you remember
3: uh, <laughs> when, when would initially to get me on this show, you had asked me to do the war movies with you, and I said, yeah, but you're gonna have to give me a month because those are all like three and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> them yeah. All. Yeah.
4: exhausting.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: I don't. Well, don't luckily, these films are less know. than two I hours. Just,
3: i was always when, recording but when yeah i don't peter, we did the peter Ware episode i didn't watch all of, rewatch
0: all of his movies but i yeah, they're all five hours <laughs> yeah. almost all of them <laughs> they're great movies but yeah choose no, wisely like <laughs> uh, uh... and just a- and after we recorded that you'll be happy to know i bought the special edition dvd box set of master and commander when we down oh cool that yeah because well, the blu-ray didn't import collection. those over i'm like i need those special features <laughs> But But yeah, uh, uh, sorry, Jorge, I didn't mean that. It's cool. It's (laughs) It's Uh, interesting. So many people violently hate this one, or they're like,
1: it's fun.
2: (laughs) I don't hate this. I don't hate this movie, honestly, because uh, for me, like, we're we're talking about how great Spielberg is, and I think this is one of those movies that showcases how masterful he is at his craft. A lot of things that I'll complain about with movies nowadays is the show don't tell kind of thing. Yeah. In the first 10 minutes, I want to say, we see who Tom Cruise is as a dad, as a man. It's right. like he's reckless. He's, you know, he's he works at his job and he he barely cares about that. He get he gets home late. You see his his ex-wife, and we're seeing the relationship he has yeah, with her and the kids. The <laughs> yeah, you know, all all within those first 10 minutes. Boom. I know, I know these people, I know where they're going. I totally get it. And that allows him to next what hour or so to give us just impact action. Where other filmmakers don't get that. They don't understand how to build those characters just enough so we can follow them on their journey. Mm-hmm. And even within all that action, we're still getting it. We're still understanding mm-hmm. his connection with his son, with his daughter, and how he doesn't know them. And how he's kind of discovering them through this. Yeah, turmoil. we get an
0: idea that he's been, like, working at, like, factories or some shit like that. Yeah,
2: he works, like, at the docks. Doesn't have time.
0: Yeah, he Yeah, he's a blue-collar guy. He doesn't have time to socialize, and each thing he wants to do, he's like, I just want to eat and watch football, you know? <laughs>
3: he still feels like a teenager. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his yeah. his,
0: his, his this, kids are more than he is. Yeah, and see, Especially that's so, what yeah. I've always applauded about, Stephen. I, I get all this body language that I don't, you know, I love plenty of Scorsese, but there's plenty of other Scorsese where it's like, okay, thank you, Mr. Obvious. That, and, and I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't get that. And then there's others just like,
1: yeah, well, I've
0: seen it done better in like 500 movies. There's so many other people where it's just like, They need to stick to what they do best. Like, I love Scorsese for grit. I don't necessarily like him for all the character development, but there are some good characters that he's left. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's other ones where it's like, you know, like Nolan is not good at writing women. He just gives him a nothing (laughs) role like, help, John. And and, and Spielberg, he pretty much just, he loosens everyone up.
1: Right.
3: Well, Jorge earlier mentioned uh, performance, and we get great performances here um Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning
0: yeah. how old is she and once again this made me become be a fan because Ste- she steals the show she's everything she had actress, been in prior to this actor. it was either like rated r like man on fire and uh mm-hmm. trapped and then she was doing a few other kids movies and mm-hmm. you know guest spots and yeah this to me I was like okay now you're a Spielberg kid and same thing with mm-hmm. Justin Chatwin on Mark's earlier point how you know he had he kind of was hot for a minute but like he, for that one second he was Spielberg kid he gives a great performance and then you know he mm-hmm. before he made a comeback on tv shows like uh shameless like, yeah shameless and mm-hmm. another life for netflix he was doing stuff like dragon ball evolution and he's like man yeah. you know yeah. uh, but he's a Spielberg kid you know <laughs> you shouldn't be so hard on him and so yeah. it is wild how like you say they all flirted with right. the Spielberg house it's where you go if you don't go yeah. to the disney house <laughs> and cruz is
3: really good here too i mean he doesn't play tom Cruise. He no, I'm I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. I that's
0: okay. why I brought him up. I right. like him. I just don't like him as a person. I, I guess to, well,
3: I don't know him as a person.
0: I only know what I read, and I
3: tend yeah.
1: to not
0: believe a lot of what I, just I read. Didn't like how he converts <laughs>
1: science, um,
0: but this is but, where that movie kind of I think it did decent box office. But I knew so many. He's like this was when he jumped on Oprah's couch, and so many people were like, I don't really want to see his movies anymore. You
3: know? Yeah, it's but the thing is, is um, he's really good here. Uh, Cruise does not get. The recognition he really deserves as an actor. 100%. Totally
2: agree. 100%.
3: Oh yeah, he's
0: amazing. He's amazing in Tropic Thunder.
3: <laughs> uh well, Tropic Thunder is probably his best performance. But uh, but if you look at <laughs> if you go back in his career and you look at Rain Man and you look at mm-hmm. Color of Money, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you look at all the right moves, which is one of if you were to ask me uh my favorite <laughs> Tom Cruise movies, that would be in my top five above some of the other ones. It is so under yeah, him.
2: Him and Craig T. Nelson, their their work together mm-hmm. is really good in that. I'll do they're one better.
0: Fantastic. Minority yeah. Report. They're
2: they're absolutely fantastic. I love Minority Report.
4: <laughs> uh, he's
0: great minority report. He's, he's good man. I don't know if he holds his own, but he's pretty good in that along with Jimmy.
4: It's kinda of hard because of the, the his surrounding cast. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just but... saw a Howard Stern interview with Rob Ryder and how he yeah. said
0: because Nicholson acted like he does on screen in every line reading, every that was where everyone was like, Oh, we gotta get our shit together. We can't just be, you know, beautiful faces. We gotta actually be military lawyers, you know in the room yeah. with Jack. <laughs>
3: Man, the first time I saw the movie, I didn't like it, but I've revisited it, and and I, I got appreciation for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only one that he gives a bad performance that I could think of. Now I haven't seen *Endless Love*, but uh, *Losing It*, he's not so good in.
4: He's uh, uh, just beginning. He doesn't yeah, really yeah. do much in the outsiders. <laughs> he did decent in uh, *Jerry Maguire*. He did good. Yeah, yeah, there you go. yeah. yeah, yeah Again,
0: I think he's a good actor. It's just I don't yeah. like the sketchy Scientology behind the same Shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you do have to kind of question that, but I mean, you know i've heard i'm in hollywood i know people who've worked with him and uh so i've, uh, heard, what's the, the I've heard one, one sto- he set of stories and then i've heard another set of stories you know i mean yeah no he's professional it's, on it's set. hard to it's really just, know what's
0: what yeah no I, I i've heard he's always professional on set it's just one of those just uh, off camera he likes to convert yeah, you know, the Scientology and family. make you be <laughs> one of his brides but uh uh american maid was the one where he's like the real life cia guy who like extorted a bunch of drug dealers or some shit like that yeah <laughs> I think that,
1: was it.
4: that was like yeah. the most I, anti- shut. Cruiser- well like yeah guys, shirt, man <laughs> Kubrick, <was> <laughs> yeah, he's Kubrick, good and
3: Plus, if you were to judge i just said this on something else if you were to judge uh actors and people in the business if you were to judge whether you saw their movies based on what you know of them in their personal Correct. life. What you know of them that because that's all you can know is what you've heard. You would never go to any movie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. you like go Steven to like Spielberg maybe.
5: Henson.
3: Right. Maybe free movies and that's it. Yeah. You go to all the Spielberg stuff. You go to all the Muppet mm-hmm. stuff and uh yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. Maybe not even Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Those you guys know, you wouldn't see
3: anything by uh Peck and Paw. You wouldn't see anything by Stone. You know, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Spike Lee, Bill Controvers, yeah, <laughs> be like, yeah, no. eh, I'm not sure so, I'm I going. Mean, I try to, you know, Tarantino I... would be an instant no.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, Tarantino, yeah. I, right. I don't know
3: much about him, but when I hear him, I know talk, he bit Fergie on the set of <laughs> Uh
0: All I'll say is, <laughs> if I'm a director, I'm not going to encourage my actors to choke each other out. Same,
4: yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> but
5: then at the I, same I didn't time, hear that. I, I don't start. think
0: I've heard that story. That was on Inglorious Badger. Diane Kruger was like getting choked yeah. out by whoever's playing the Nazi in that scene, yeah. and she actually passed out. It was out. his I'm hands,
4: like... it was his hands. Oh, it was his... oh well, yeah, because well, he tried using Christoph Waltz, and Christoph Waltz <laughs> wasn't doing it hard enough so he ended up doing it himself so his hands Jesus. are the ones in the movie
0: if it wasn't the weinsteins anyone else would have been shut down by sag <laughs> there you go
4: <laughs> can't, you can't do it in this year's climate yeah, yeah. thanks <laughs> no. harvey question mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh
0: but yeah no i still say that as a tarantino fan of other stuff but yeah i mean this is interesting too how again you know, but uh, out of all the set of Spielberg's trilogies, quadrilogies that we were greenlighting, it seemed kind of interesting how we were just like, uh, this this got the most likes. Or about three, uh, three others wanted to do this recording that couldn't make it tonight. And I was like, yeah, this is like it's the most uncanny of his themed, uh, similar movies. <laughs>
3: yeah, at least two of these movies, if you were to ask people their top five, E.T. and Close Encounters would almost definitely be on there. More of the worlds will make it onto some people's, but you know, you you get like Schindler's List, Jaws, uh, ET, Close
0: Encounters. I'll break them all. Munich's in my top five. (laughs) Munich's in my top five. (laughs) You know, I'm with
4: I like Munich. I I thought I put Jurassic Park in his top five. That's one of my favorites. Jurassic
0: Park, I think, works because it's also like even though it's a straight face, it's like his take on Jaws meets aliens. Mm -hmm. Jurassic (laughs) Park. Jurassic
3: Park's a great movie. I have a problem with the transverse racks at the end, but up until then, it's such a great movie because mm-hmm. nobody to this day has done better with CGI than Jurassic Park. Oh, so, yeah. He was that just starting T2, out. Or
0: this is the really end of it, yeah. He mm-hmm. mixed
3: practicals with uh, with CGI so perfectly mm-hmm. that to this day, I when somebody tells me the effects don't hold up, I just don't listen to them anymore. No, right. no. They
2: still all these films, up. they all hold up. Like, just yeah. watching these three Absolutely. films nothing Mm -hmm. lost a beat honestly Mm -mm. even with war of the worlds like it's most of it's cg and it's still done really well done 2005 it's kind of hard to believe
0: I, I, I lost I I lost respect for so many pals who were just like, Oh, Jurassic World looks more convincing. I'm like, we're gonna strongly disagree no, on that. No, and no, then, and then they follow and then they will watch Jurassic Park, but they only like it for the humor that the scientists have by B. D. Wong and Sam Jackson. And I'm like, Man. there's so much more. There's so many other dry lines. I like how They're, Sam Neill yeah. you know, he's just fresh off Dead Calm and some period mm-hmm. pieces, and he's practically Indiana Jones here. But you yes. love him yeah. in his own right as Dr. Grant. Yes. And and you then, wanna It's a good party movie in addition to being an explosive sci-fi horror adventure movie. You're like, whoa! Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) You want to know how you watch Jurassic World and you'll like it ten times better? um i like dominion i think that one or not dominion though was the second one what was the second one fallen kingdom
4: Fallen Kingdom. Um, yeah. i
3: like that one a lot but that one had a really good director behind it um and yeah, i don't man. mind jurassic world or dominion i want to see the director's cut of dominion because i hear it is much there's better there's a director's cut of dominion yeah they put it on peacock it's actually you know they call it the extended cut but i've been told by people who've seen it that actually it fills in a lot of the gaps um but the first one i didn't i thought when i saw it the first time i'm like okay this is okay it was it was worth watching but then i went and saw it a second time i don't remember why and i realized the characters are incredibly flat in jurassic world like you really grow to hate them so go into jurassic world next time you watch it rooting for the dinosaurs I can't because I don't. If you believe go in rooting for the dinosaurs to have a good time as they're picking off these really horrible characters. <laughs> I
0: just can't relate to anybody. I'll say,
2: in all watch. fairness, I watch every Jurassic movie that way. I'm always rooting oh, for the dinosaurs. Oh, interesting. So you, <laughs> you watch from a go- I mean, savage. don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, I, I, just, I want the T Rex to catch them. Oh, I want them to win.
0: Yeah, I know I yeah. Steven, You get you get the Godzilla sense when he does Lost World. You know, I, and I know he doesn't think too fondly of that one, but. Mm. Uh, i can do the first two sequels even though i think that they they take up so much time with arguing and i
3: i can do the first two sequels as well i don't like but, the yeah. big acrobatic scene in the in the uh second one and oh when yeah do... where yeah.
0: goblum's adopted daughter knows kung fu yeah,
1: yeah. and then i also yeah. don't really necessarily i know
0: kung fu
3: <laughs> i don't necessarily like it when they get to the mainland either but uh but there's some mm. smart stuff in it that that actually kind of works yeah. I even kind of like the third one i like joe johnson as a director i just wish it didn't yeah, end yeah, so fast this yeah. is how fast that ended yeah. i got invited to a special screening so and i can could... davis
0: did and i have I... a job recapturing williams score it's freaky but like you say it just i think he they made the sequels like way too quickly like that those the are talking what?
4: velociraptor Ugh, the, the third one just hated... <laughs> Wait,
0: which one was that
4: that was part three. That was, was part three. He, oh, it's a where dream where he's on a plane. A... Oh, alley, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah Oh yeah. my the god! It's like Twilight literally,
1: Island. it oh,
3: ends man. before the the ending is like it's over. All it's just all of a sudden it's over. And it's yeah. a
0: shame too, because when it opens, you're like you see the parachute and no one's there. He's like, see, that's how you open up a movie, and you're just like,
3: <laughs> which is a shame, because I wonder how much you know, like, because Joe Johnston um is a really great director. You know, oh yeah and so it kind of makes you wonder mm-hmm. was somebody else pulling the strings because i feel like he would have made a better movie than that
0: oh that's kind of what i felt with world because i saw mm-hmm. people saying i don't like chris pratt or bryce dallas howard i'm like i've seen him be good in other stuff it's yeah these characters there's stuff. nothing to him. and yeah wasn't that dumb when josh whedon got on like social media and was like complaining about it and then we find out years later he's been interrogating females on his movie sets is like dude you're such an attention
5: whore
3: (laughs) i feel like if you're gonna get to direct a jurassic park movie a star wars movie a star trek movie or anything like that you should have earned it rather than having that one independent movie that you did Mm -hmm. that did really well and so let's give it to give it to this guy well that's
0: what uh, the issue i had is the dude had come from an indie movies he'd done Mm -hmm. all these comedies Mm -hmm. and then you know, he has the guys who did the serious new Planet of the Apes movies, and then he, like, just would rewrite them on the day of. It was like, I want to make this more campy, because who takes a movie about dinosaurs seriously? I'm like, well, then that's I, not the right guy for the job. Yeah. I think that's uh-huh.
3: why, um, I think that's why the second one, why I like uh, Falling Kingdom, whatever the second one it. was, because that director had come from a movie called The Orphanage, and then he had done The Impossible uh-huh. about Tsunami. Amazing movie, right? From there, right? Right? He, made uh-huh. the, well, he, he made just this incredible movie He just worked Lost on The King. Rings of Power, yeah. Well, he had, well, but before uh, the Jurassic Park, he had done what's it called? A uh,
0: Monster Call. A Monster Calls, yeah.
3: Yeah. So he had, he had really earned a
0: dark fairy you know, tale his, movie. He yeah.
3: really earned his spot with mm-hmm. these three great movies. So now they give him a, a Jurassic World movie. And yeah, there were some kind of things in it, like, you know, the building of the bigger dinosaur and all that.
0: But it had style and it was really well done. Way better than those other two. Because, like, like, I saw the last one on a plane, like the sixth one. And I was just like, so they're just reusing I shots had, from Temple yeah. of Doom.
4: I had and... so many issues with that. The last one.
0: Uh, this is, yeah, I'm giving this a zero. the last one to me
3: was no okay. F- I want to, like I said, I want to see the extended edition because everybody I know has seen the extended yeah. edition says it's
0: better. Ooh, but, too oh, forgiving. Yeah. My what dude. Was in theaters was a little. <laughs> I don't think this is a Heaven's Gate scenario uh, or Johnny Mnemonic where there was a different <laughs> cut release. <laughs>
4: I'm just so sad because they had the original cast, and I'm like, I just had higher
0: that Hope, was my first the sign cuz i had nothing lower expectations the then and there's no. just the actors returning then that's that's the warning sign each that's time when the red these that's the flag reboots. and i do it like, I knew
4: it, but I still just hoped. A I
0: sucker born every time. They got you. They got, <laughs> they you, got me again. They got me again. That's they the they need to do Gremlins versus Jurassic Park. <laughs> mm, um, when they bring yeah. in the original cast, that's
3: when you should worry, because that means they don't have anything, so they're trying to appeal. Yeah. Yes. The member just berries. Said yes. the
0: second uh, Oscar-nominated movie that no one re- saw. Goblin wants to do something stupid that he can read off a teleprompter, and Neil, I mean... He's working, mm-hmm. but you don't remember. <laughs> but
3: Sam Neill, when he's good, he's good. And when Laura Dern, yeah. she's good. So when you find out actors like that are coming back, you're kind of like,
0: mm-hmm. oh, maybe there's something. Surely they, so- they saw something. No. <laughs>
2: <He's> <laughs> Not like, hey, the they, saw they saw
3: Cha-ching. Cha-ching.
2: <laughs> <saw.
0: laughs> <laughs> five mansions <Yep>. later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Sam Neill. The
3: Tyrannosaurus Rex back. You know, he just sees the money. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> or
3: some more food. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <but>, uh, <laughs> So now we know Godzilla versus Jurassic Park. Make it happen.
3: Yeah, well, don't do that.
0: I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Bad idea is Just throwing them out there before someone you put
3: it, it out there. and the studios are going to see money. Yeah. They're going to say Godzilla makes money. Yeah, and I mean uh, that's what's kind of the funny thing. He bought Garrett King Kong Edwards, already, <laughs> right? Because Gareth yeah,
0: Edwards. Aren't you look at his first Jurassic. Second. I think they're making a sequel to that, aren't they? They are. I think yeah, they, are. they are. They're working on it right now. Isn't it wild how yeah. Gareth Edwards was kind of channeling Jurassic Park when he did his Godzilla? Just like, yeah, so who's the Jeff Goldblum here? Okay, that guy is the Sam Neil mm-hmm. here, you know. Unfortunately, everybody just that, can't help themselves.
3: When that Godzilla came out, my reaction was, can you give me some more Godzilla in my Godzilla? I know. Oh, I
0: mean, I was, I know he approached it like the black and white 50s original, so I was ready for that, but. I,
3: yeah I uh only if you've seen haven't seen the original and you've seen the raymond burr one maybe because if you haven't seen the original Gojira without with, before they put raymond burr into it it not only holds up it's a scary movie
0: it, i mean it, it worked for me because i i never saw the Raymond Burr version <laughs> check out the original <laughs> i don't i don't see tampered american versions of movies unless it's a funny dub
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah or well. if it's
0: a version that's not bad like Jack, jackie chan dubbed you know
3: <laughs> but I mean, if they yeah. get the right filmmakers behind it, and they just don't throw somebody in there, then uh I—I I mean, I liked Kong Skull Island, and
2: uh, yeah, oh yeah, that was a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. And, was. And when, so, you, like...
3: when you look at like Spielberg when he did uh E.T., you know, and Close Encounters, he had already proven himself on Duel, which was very, you know, which went and theatrical and overseas. He, it was so good. <laughs>
0: Had done stuff that would allow uh, for that yeah. to happen. and He, he never let right his off. limitations get to him. He knew it could break any minute, and I love how he's like, he and Scorsese are like one of the few studios who are, he's one of the few people who studios will not mess with. Right. Well, and, uh, you know, I mean, he because the, the studios would be discredited if they mess with him, you know? Yeah.
3: Although, when he was doing uh, Schindler's List, he had to, I believe he had to fight to get, to do it in black and white. The studios didn't want to do it in black and white.
0: Yeah. And was against it. And, and, and he's always, <laughs> Uh, people might not remember this, but when Private Ryan first uh aired you know premiered on a b c it was completely uncut, the same thing with uh Schindler's it was left uncut it, on cut on n b c three years later but I uh, am just you know after ten, put your kids to bed you know sometimes
3: they'll do that with important movies like Threads was shown uncut, oh wow <laughs> uh, and that's strange because that was actually made for television, but it's one of the most terrifying they just didn't know, know if it would see, be, and, and they up showed mine. it in, ABC, they, PBS. PBS.
0: they always film alternate versions of back when they did that. Now they don't. But, no, but it was.
3: <laughs> you would figure that you know after Jaws, as much as you know, in a way he lucked out with Jaws because with all the problems that were on that movie, that movie shouldn't have been one of the greatest movies of all time. But he just kept, kept his cool. He. But and... it was it was the first, it was the first blockbuster, so it made yeah. so much money that nobody was going to say mm. no to it. But you'd be yeah. surprised. I mean, uh, what's that? Uh, Even H- Alien Robert? itself
0: was practically Jaws in Space, you know? Yeah.
3: But Guillermo del Toro's been trying to make this H.P. Lovecraft movie for the longest yeah. time. Tom Cruise attached to uh, yeah. And he, they still couldn't get financing for yeah. it.
4: And, yeah. And uh, At least he ended up doing a Cabinet of Curiosities. to get a little yeah. bit of that.
3: Right, right. All I'm looking forward to seeing is Pinocchio.
4: Yeah, me too. Yeah, look, it me looks
0: too.
2: good from what I've seen of it. I'm excited. What would you say
0: it? is the current Spielberg of this day? Like, does similar stuff? What, what young
2: Buck to? is, is yeah. to Spielberg? I feel
0: like Dennis Vanav is his own kind of theory. He loves cinema. He'll do his own. He'll do his Ridley Scott take. He'll do his Where take. He'll do his Spielberg yeah. take.
4: I, I know JJ Abrams tried, but I couldn't get into Super 8. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Super 8 was not. And, it, I, and
0: Spielberg produced yeah. it. I'm like, so it's know. Goonies, ET, and no originality. Yeah, it's the alien
4: designs. St- they look so similar in all and, of his movies. And
0: why call Star Trek yeah. when it's just Star Wars with Captain Kirk? Lens
3: Almost flare, formidable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Throw more, more Lens then, flare. In the second one they had to try and duplicate Let's, Khan. Yeah, Mirror Universe uh, of Khan. And... The greatest villain of all time, and you're gonna recast him, you shouldn't be doing that.
0: Mm-mm. You know, and speaking then, of Khan, did Michael Khan didn't he pass away long longtime editor?
3: Or is he I still So
0: he's got
3: co-edited
1: on the
0: new one. Oh, okay. Wow. I
3: think okay. he's getting ready to retire because he's got this girl this girl now who's been uh co editing with him.
0: Oh, so so is Williams. He's like nineties, so he only did yeah. this. I think, he was close to Steven's mm-hmm.
3: dad. I think he said either the Fablemans or it might be the new Indiana Jones movie. One of those two is. Gonna oh be yeah, solid.
0: you got to have Williams for Indy, and yeah, I, I, I will applaud him uh, for for bringing Mangold on. I I think that was actually pretty well earned. Mm-hmm. I know everyone varies on him; they either like or don't like his various biographies and mystery movies and adventure films. But I was like, after Ford versus Ferrari, is like, see, I, I can understand this. it's like he's doing all these giant adventure movies with these ragged heroes that, you know, can still limp and still throw a few punches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't
3: imagine another director that would have gotten me excited being a different
0: director, and to me it was all about... Uh, yeah, I was at what first, did. I was like, I don't know who anyone else is going to focus on the explosions and not Indy, you know?
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Seriously. just...
0: He took Logan... You see what he... happened with Die Hard and you know, oh, yeah. The Weapon. Logan, Logan was a
4: phenomenal film. Yeah, yeah and and, so, yeah,
0: and barely a line of dialogue. Yeah. But, I mean, it's
3: what he did with Logan made me go, yeah, this guy can take on Indiana Jones. Yep. And to tell you the truth, yep. I think uh, Crystal Skull was kind of, as much as, you know, I defended it, you could see that maybe Spielberg was getting a little tired of doing the Indiana. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: well, and the mm-hmm. original Crystal it Skull fell, pitched man. by Frank Darabont and Jeb Stewart, you know, a, a diehard fame, just, you know, it sounded way much more better. It was similar to a lot of the comics and video games. The Inferno Machine, I think they called it some shit mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, was good, yeah. and. You're just looking at the screenwriter, and you're like, oh, the dude who brought us Speed 2 in Rush Hour? Yeah, I think he's got an idea of how to make yeah. a non-formulaic blockbuster. No, but I I see yeah. what you mean. I, Crystal Skull didn't really take itself all that seriously, and I think that's just it. We wanted something that was a little more... We want Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah, want
4: Raiders want of Lost Ark. Get back to that. Give us that, you know, give us that feeling. But
0: uh, it's a shame, too, because I did like the Russian thing. So I was like, I'm wondering what the villains could be next. And mm-hmm. I really hated how a lot of clickbait sites were going to town. Indiana Jones will feature time travel. I'm like, stop sharing. Because first off, we got this covered as in comic movie are not review, you know, not news sites. But then it's like, no, they're showing a later time period They're and maybe a flashback. But they're not. It's not a time travel. There, uh,
3: there's so many false reports coming out. Um, I don't know when you in-
0: review is pretty bad. Um uh, giant well, freaking yeah, robots well, another <laughs> and he's like what but, uh, no
3: he didn't say that at all on twitter <laughs> i don't know when you're going to release this but at the time of this recording it was only a couple of days a ago, world. they reported that there were like five screenings all with different endings and it was getting bad people were hating it and no, then finally no. james mangold had to come forward and say there were, there have been no screenings um so to kind of really uh, kind of debunk it because there's people out there they just they're just reporting whatever because yeah, that's clickbait. their deal say... they
0: want a clickbait and clickbait. they want to see it. Yeah. and then the someone person has to finally go to town and say okay that's the fifth time that false report's been recirculated so now we got to address it and say stop
3: you know <laughs> yeah, i have a hard time believing that this is going to be a bad movie because M- mangold from the start um he makes he just makes great movies
0: yeah you know um he makes period his... pieces he makes a lot of yeah identity is a great, you know, free industry. Yeah, That's what gives me hope. That's what gives me hope on this movie when I heard he attached.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Even if he has
0: an overrated actor, he gets an unusual performance out of him. So again, like Steven, he is immune to anything Mm -hmm. that might not be working. I heard about so many reshoots on Logan, and hey,
4: you know, it worked out.
2: Phenomenal. Yeah, you would have known it.
0: Yeah, and then you don't
3: really know what's going on behind the scenes, because a lot of that stuff is... um, uh, it, First of all, on a lot of this stuff, they're, they're, uh, they sign these things to secrecy, so you don't know what hearing. Yeah. what's true, yeah. uh, what's being made up. Now that you got the clickbait things, people are just making things up to get clickbait. Mm-hmm. It's why, you know, Um, eventually when people go to my website and they read my recommendations, they'll see that my website's 100% positive on movies. Yeah. Because I got tired of all the hate. Why are you hating so much? I've been involved in making movies. It's freaking hard work. For yeah, you to dude, just hate on it, for, just down. so somebody will click on your site.
1: Mm-hmm. And Absolutely.
3: Really kind
0: of, why go on a rant and then say, end of rant? I'm like, well, you've just taken up five pages. I think they already just tuned out with your anger, you
3: know? Yeah, mm. it's it's. I, I just don't understand all the hate out there. Um, I I used to do movie reviews for um a website uh, that's no longer around, and I went and saw, what was it, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Michael Bay produced one. Mm. Yeah. And people had a – I was in a critic screening and people were laughing. They were having a ball. The reviews came out. It didn't reflect what was inside that theater at all. And I said to a guy that I knew gave it a lower review, I said, I thought you said you liked it. And they're like, Yeah, but if I say I like this kind of movie, nobody'll take me serious. And it's like that's why Siskel and Ebert were who Siskel and
0: Ebert were. Because yeah. Siskel, Ebert hated like, Gladiator, Siskel didn't care well, for many Schwarzenegger movies, but they the were upfront about it. They're like hey, it's no, I, I never liked it. <laughs>
3: I rushed out to see Under Siege 2 because Siskel, thumbs up, really liked it. <laughs> dark <laughs> <Yeah>. dark territories. <laughs>
0: and, and I did they not like it. Mean, I... They love Speed 2 as well, so, you know, it... Oh, yeah. God. they like Speed 2 too. Uh, cruise yeah. control. But then again, Ebert uh, were they made were actual actual <laughs> suspects and Die Hard, but it is what, what it is. I mean, but that's what I like. Uh, you were joking about, uh, you know, movies that are abandoned by their directors it's like i don't think Mangold gold is gonna pull brian singer where he abandons it halfway through because he's not all that serious and on drugs you know it's yeah. like you yeah. and, and yes some of it is gossip but generally you can kind of get a feel from that when people are just left to their own devices you know and sometimes the ego is part of what makes them so good as a filmmaker but then there are other times where it's like geez needless reshoots what's going on here buddy you know just, yeah. just pick a frame and go with it especially if it doesn't really tell the story and it's just a beautiful cruise ship
3: but then you can bring it all the way back around to spielberg who i believe almost always comes in under budget and under time
0: yeah Mm
1: -hmm. i mean he practically
0: funds most of it too so i mean but yes we do need more filmmakers who can think like a line producer or like an editor where they know how they want it to look always
3: gets you a
4: job
0: i almost feel like when you watch That looks good enough no 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 that's
3: (laughs) watch filmmakers first movies they're generally better because they have low budgets. They're forced to be creative. Yes. Give them all that.
0: the toys. They don't have to be creative anymore. They don't have mm-hmm. to worry about a second unit guy who doesn't have anywhere near mm-hmm. their same camera yeah. guys coming in, shooting some scenery or a third yeah. unit, or like you say, the CGI, which might ruin it otherwise.
3: I always ask
0: yeah. I always ask the question, um, since the year
3: 2000, name me more than five directors that have started their career Um, so after five directors that have started the career after the year 2000 who are great directors because Mm -hmm. i think cgi has killed the creativity out there
0: and you know investors and the name attachment but i mean i think
3: ben affleck has proven himself i think that uh uh david lowry has proven himself um Mm -hmm. and there's a couple of more that have proven themselves i actually
0: like neil blancamp a lot even though he gets a lot of hate for chappie i I like his general Mm -hmm. r-rated 80s sci-fi horror vibe that he does right. mm-hmm.
3: Matt
2: Reeves he uses cgi drama. wisely Matt yeah.
0: yes
3: it's, it's just Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves. yep mm-hmm. yeah Matt Reeves and so there's in the same if of I, I don't movies, like every movie they do
0: they're real me. people you know
1: <laughs>
0: yeah because uh, that's just it we we go for a movie that even if we do or don't care for a movie they're doing we just get we just see the storyboarding unfolding you know like yes. like it might in their head that's what that's what I don't like is when I see certain movies that are just like a little solos, you know and don't get me wrong we're never gonna agree on the same guys there's plenty of people who like abrams i don't like Mm -hmm. abrams uh zach snyder seems to vary by crowd it just seems like and you know we talked about nolan earlier is like i kind of dug his earlier mystery before he got into Mm -hmm. sci-fi fully (laughs) memento insomnia i mean he was great Mm -hmm. i I even like the prestige and i know others who hate it but i'm just like yeah Yeah. this is like it's I like it. When when he's a mystery guy, and now people yeah. want him to be the action inception else. guy, and yeah. this this is the fun of looking at the filmography, where you know because yeah. we've been talking about Steven, and yeah. I don't know, I I don't know if you saw the 2017, I'm sure you did, the HBO documentary about him, mm-hmm. and I just yeah. love that line where Liam Neeson's being interviewed, and he's like, he's a painter, and he never yeah. leaves his canvas, and I'm yes. like ah, that that bingo, that's always how I thought of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and that's the an
4: genius artist. of Spielberg, because even when we're mentioning all these. Directors and these great ones that are coming out, this new crop. There are certain genres that they're great at. He's Spielberg, so many careers, is just so spread. He's just, He's just a filmmaker. So That's it. He's yeah. a filmmaker. He's an artist.
3: He's got a true love for the median. He wants mm-hmm. to make great stuff every time out. I think Tarantino's mm-hmm. the same way. I don't think Tarantino's mm-hmm. as good a filmmaker, but you can really mm-hmm. sense, you know, Tarantino's love for it um jordan peele and ryan kugler if you've ever seen him or heard him get interviewed they got a true love for it yeah uh, fruitville Station's well. amazing i but i think that sad. jordan peele i know everybody loves him right now but i think he's got a masterpiece coming down the pikesville um
0: i think and, he wants to be a little more tricky and i've seen yeah as so many other filmmakers who will come yeah. to me i want to be like oliver Stone. Yeah. i want to be like tarantino i want to be like spike lee i'm like yeah. but you don't have the maturity uh, the patience and you even have to the realize... organized, outspokenness yeah. of those guys, where you know well, how to manipulate the movie. Your nope,
4: I mean the movie. Nope, that he did. It looks like Jaws, basically an alien Jaws in space, yeah. like over the skies. Like you get felt out is practically that. a dark comedy. Yeah, you know? yeah.
3: But it, but the thing, but the the thing is, is um, if you want to be Stone or Spike Lee, you got to realize the reason they are great filmmakers, and I love both of their uh, work, both of theirs works. I would you say that? they're not like anybody else
1: yeah spike it's pretty lee, hard to classify to tell me
3: who spike lee is like you know you can't he's an original he handles things mm-hmm. really really well and i love spike lee as a filmmaker same thing wow. with oliver stone yeah um the only people that he's like are the people who are copying him
1: there and you go so
0: if you want to even be michael like, bay he's a special kind of explosion i see other people be, like roland emmerich decimate a landscape and i'm like it's not the same. I didn't feel yeah. anything that. I think it just ate America. <laughs> I think if you want to be like
3: Oliver Stone or you want to be like Spike Lee, then you got to be unlike them and be yourself. And if you look at the yes. 70s, yeah. 70s, had, you know, people like Spielberg and Lamette and Alan Parker and Peter Weir and all these Glad you brought those in the 70s guys and the 80s. Yeah. And when you look at them, you're not going to say Spielberg is like Sidney Lumet, although he no. loved Sidney yeah. Lumet as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you find you find who you are. Otherwise, you just end up being somebody like Brian De Palma, who copies everybody. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I hope he. not. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> um, <laughs> he's made some I have a great show. movies, but like, yeah, no, uh,
0: De Palma was people? a perfect example of someone uh-huh. you know is a good filmmaker but he's had more misses than hits you know and that was a perfect uh-huh. example because we used to think it's a numbers game oh maybe they lucked out maybe they had a good editor maybe they had a wonderful cinematographer who hit up at all the potholes. but you're you're right it is alan parker and lemay and all these other guys who were just like the king is just killing it with I I, uh-huh. I I miss the days of david Lane, you know or even Antoine Fuqua and some of these other yeah. guys, uh, Martin Campbell are well, as close. Fuqua's as we still were. around, and he's yeah, yeah. They're they're as close as we get to Walter Hill type, you know, gritty character, Yeah, but Walter pieces. Hill was another
3: one that he was he he's was still
0: around character. too. He just came out with the new western, but I it seems like they only now can just do like an art house theater for hardcore fan bases who've always loved them all these years and or streaming kind of, or
2: it goes streaming, stream, yeah, which
0: yeah.
3: Really kind of sucks because like like I said earlier with. Uh, with Close Encounters, that has to be seen on the big screen. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, a lot of movies need to be seen on the big screen. Mm. I can't. What, what's the movie called? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? E- everything, yeah. Everywhere, yeah. oh at I couldn't imagine seeing that for the first time on my TV.
4: Mm. No, but, but even current projects, just to write off that, some of them feel like they're filmed now for streaming. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. some yeah, of them anything small, on Netflix yeah. is just... Yeah, it does. And shot and it in feels Atlanta, like New Orleans. Yeah, and even a and, movie
0: that I otherwise like, like The Old Guard, I'll be like, yeah, you can yeah, fix a few transition yeah. shots there. What, and that's that sad.
4: It, it's sad that that's where a lot of new crop of movies are becoming yeah. now because it, the world feels so small. And everything's so digital,
0: so now yes, it gets to where yeah. it's like you don't lose, but you might lose. But then at the same yeah. time, you got to go to a good theater or you got to go where... No mm-hmm. one's going to bring their crying baby because they're cheap and won't hire a sitter. And <laughs> yeah. that that's what got me the most. So I, I did go to even a few drive-ins during COVID. I was like, hey, see, we're not standing next to each other and we're enjoying it the old school yeah. way. You know?
3: Right. Yeah. But I mean, there's even smaller movies out there. Like I went and saw this movie called The Banshees of Anish Sharon or something like that.
0: And it's mm. by uh,
3: Martin McDonnell. The one I know with
2: one. Uh, Colin Farrell, right? Yeah, the one with yeah, Colin yeah. Farrell, Brandon
3: McDonnell. Yeah. Martin
0: McDonald, yeah
3: it's a very small movie it's by the guy who did uh, in bruges and it's a very small yeah. movie but visually it's kind of like man this i'm surra- i am now in, in surrounded by this world because it takes place overseas and a, in a place where i i've never been and because i'm watching it on the big screen i'm surrounded by uh you know i'm literally being surrounded by this this world um and it's in the real world but it's still a different place than i'm used to and nobody's I don't know, I I watch stuff now, like my wife watches a lot of the CW shows and stuff like that, and I walk by and it all looks the same, it all feels the same, and uh, where's the-
0: where's the original film yeah and it's,
1: it <laughs> sucks because
0: there's good canadian stuff and everyone just sees the bad canadian stuff that's cheap yeah. and you're like it's not all cheap, shot like that's that yeah. we're just all like in a vancouver little... that's it <laughs> how did cronenberg get financing on that last movie yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean we, we, made, we uh, mentioned 84 that was a big year because it also introduced mm-hmm. uh friend of Cronenberg's known as Ivan Reitman's Ghostbusters so yeah it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's some good Canadian stuff and then there's some other ones where it's like I watch well, watched it.
3: Ghostbusters for the first time on the on your television
0: set I can oh. probably do I, I, oh. I can see that and now that, 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 when the Marshmallow Man appears it's not going to be the
3: same he's gonna yeah. look yeah uh, different
0: ranges uh like, I, I always hated watching it on vhs because the tracking shots were very oh poorly done on videotape <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of tracking shots so it's yeah. like and anytime i saw that i could even before i knew what it was i could always tell that the camera angles were going at a you know speed they're not supposed to be going you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> whether it's 30 frames per second versus 60 you know yeah. you, you can tell on older movies when jumpy. they and yeah. i would always see the oh this has been compressed to fit your screen i'm like I believe it because yeah. I haven't
3: seen <laughs> I the see uh, the new Lord of the Rings Netflix... is it Netflix or Amazon? Amazon. Amazon my favorite Amazon. show I this year. Yeah, but I've walked
2: by. <laughs> it's when your I favorite watch- show. Oh my god!
3: Along what? with uh, what what's, <laughs> I've been I've walked by. That's the I'm one we just that, that just when came my out. wife's watching it, and it just doesn't look. It just doesn't look. The Lord of the Rings should look cinematic the way that Edwin Jackson did it. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think it depends on the TVs too. I I saw it on my 1080 with the lights turned off, and I felt like I was in the cinema. How big is your TV? Pretty big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I I'll got a hundred inch TV.
2: I, I watched it too uh, on my my 4K 70 inch TV, and I felt disappointed at times. No, it's all good. In <laughs> all fairness, was, scenery starts- scenery wise, it's a it's a painting, but. At other moments, not I, so I guess much. it's because I'm a bigger <laughs>
0: Tolkien guy. I'm familiar with yeah. Sumerian, really, and I didn't feel like same the,
2: same here. I, I didn't feel <laughs> like it.
0: I didn't feel like they were running out of material, like with every other Game of Thrones sh- sh- show, where they're just like, okay, so you skipped five chapters ahead and added all this extra soft core porn to make up for time. Yeah. But I'll probably yeah. sit down and watch it one of these days because Dark Winds is a better show, though. I shouldn't
3: comment on it without wah wah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all good. good. Well, that, that's <laughs> but, just but, it. you know, I wait it didn't for make it big want to watch
0: it. Watch it. Because if you if you do every week, yes, you will get bored. Cause yeah,
2: it's 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 drawn out.
0: You gotta compress yeah, yeah. it all together. I always do three episodes at a time because I don't like to wait, and it makes a difference. Because
1: mm-hmm. yeah, well, I hard I hard I, hard I, hard I forget hard.
0: characters in subplots. I'm like, oh, that's right, the guy who betrayed this person, or who's about to do this. So, <laughs> I. Ha- but no, Dark Winds is probably the better one. That's a Tony Hillerman adaptation. Six episodes can't go wrong. AMC. I can see why Robert oh. Redford adapted it. And as a connection to you, yes, it's George R. Martin Martin's producer as well.
2: Okay. i have to put that on the list.
0: But yes, uh, Mark is correct in that there are some where it's like, yeah, eh, it's a little cheaply shot. There are some yeah. pickup shots on last season of Yellowstone where it just it didn't match up with the previous shot. And it was just very sloppy. Like, why do I need to see all these footage of these cowboys, mm-hmm. you know, racing a horse around? It's really not contributing to the what's about to happen in the next scene
4: i haven't seen yellowstone yet no. i haven't either it's I to
0: long story short uh, i saw that someone was doing a season premiere party at the fort worth stockyards and i was like and it was a pretty packed street <laughs> so
3: i'd like walter hill to get on to a bring a western to streaming uh um, yeah
0: I know, I know he came out with a new western movie starring christoph waltz and william defoe
5: He's but best at westerns.
0: Um, he does. He's really good at westerns. So uh, I think the biggest question is who will be the next western guy, because it seems like Mangold makes everything as a western. But yeah. then there's all these other guys where it seems like they're just they'll throw in just like one high noon or free ten to Yuma type shot and that's it. And you're like, well. It's not really a western it just had one you know wild west shootout you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. pretty good at the westerns
3: um with open range and wider and um Well, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's I mean, working the the a- a- with clothes T- is kind of a western so
0: right uh even his apocalyptic movies that flopped are kind of westerns but yeah um uh taylor sheridan is the mind behind yellowstone and you might know him from his work on wind river hell or high water and Sir, uh not Serpico. Like, did i really just say that uh sicario and so it's like yeah he's basically a western guy on hell or high water
3: that is a great movie oh yeah it was funny because uh, the only thing that bothered me about it I was uh there's a part where all these guys you know they, they, they there's like a chase where all these people they just grab their guns and they get in their trucks and they go chasing after this guy and i'm like that doesn't feel very realistic and i'm talking to somebody from texas and he's like well that's exactly what would happen
1: <laughs> yeah, I,
0: yeah, I shouldn't have a problem with it then. I saw some yeah, yeah. guys trying to be sticklers. Oh, it was filmed in New Mexico. Those <laughs> bastards! I'm like, you would have never been able to tell. They chose a perfect small town that would look like mm-hmm. you know.
3: It was a great movie. It really was, yeah. and uh Wind River is another really great movie.
0: Oh yeah, my sister even saw it twice, and she doesn't typically watch the crime movies, you know, more than once. You know. <laughs> hmm. But I- I'm with you. I I, f- I would love to see do a western and. The other guys are going to try and pass the torch to the westerns. It's like you might, you might as well learn from the greats before they they leave this earth, you know. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I can't even picture who some of these people are. Like, I think that Jordan Peele is probably going to take over the horror genre. Um, I haven't been as big a fan of his as uh, most everybody else. I just see so much potential there that I know he's going to do something great. Um, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like sci fi, who's going to take over sci fi? Who's going to take over the westerns? I'm just, yeah, not...
0: I'm very worried about sci fi because everyone wants to kind of copy you know alien or blade runner with and then mm-hmm. just add explosions and you're like but you just made i think a copy david lowry it. can take
3: yeah. over the fantasy because you know green knight was really good peach dragon was really good i'm looking forward to his next movie um but uh you can work
0: on fantasy um uh, but um who's the other guy i mean there's sometimes where it seems like people are just imitating terry gilliam but they're just copying mm-hmm. a shot they're not really
3: i'd analogous. like to see mm-hmm. Who's the guy who directed uh the Iron Giant? Oh, uh, Brad Bird. Brad Bird, I'd like to see him take a Star Wars movie.
1: Maybe. I'd yeah. um, haven't right really back. cared for his, like his, his action stuff, but I like his <laughs> animated stuff.
0: <laughs> so. And doing seems to kind of make everything like a Western or Sydney Lemay movie. So I mean that's just it. It's like who who are they emulating the best? You know, because 'cause they're like
3: yeah, the second age I think of... if they I think if they let Antoine Fuqua do what he does, I think he could be the guy who makes those 70s kinds of movies. Because uh, he did that cop movie with uh, Richard Gere. Um, Brooklyn's Finest. Brooklyn's Finest, which was just, it was really, really fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: And and, and he uh, changed the ending, too. Like, people booed at, like, I think the cons theater that he had it at. And he's like, I need to make this a little more tragic. <laughs> and I need to totally change the outcome of some of these characters. <laughs>
3: His director's cut of uh, of King Arthur is good. Uh, oh, really? I even liked his first movie that he did with uh, Jamie Foxx.
0: Yeah, Bait. Uh, Bait. That was where uh, Tony Gilroy got a star so the his star. The only movie of his that Wars I haven't liked
3: porn. is... Uh... Yeah, I think the only movie of his that I haven't liked, and I'm not a big fan of the one he did with Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington, although I know I'm in the minority
0: there. No, it's fine. Uh, I, I, Training Day was a favorite growing up, but I, I see people shit on movies like that and the other I, cut ones
3: The reason I didn't like it was I felt like Denzel Washington he was just doing James Cagney. I didn't think he was giving us anything original. Mm. Um and so that bothered <laughs> me. But then uh, but and then I think the only reason I didn't like his remake of Magnificent Seven, if you want know the truth is, is because It wasn't as good as the other one, and I just yeah. everything you were comparing. It's like, well, that guy's not Bronson, that guy's not mm-hmm. you know, you're just you can't help but compare. Mm-hmm. Whereas, that if was... there hadn't been an original, we'd have probably been like, wow, that was a great movie! Yeah.
4: Well, but, see... but it didn't take enough of an interesting original approach to it. In all fairness, mm-hmm. I was neutral because.
0: I prefer the original, which is Seven Samurai, not Magnificent Seven. <laughs>
5: yeah,
3: but you know, Seven, Seven Samurai, Samurai. I when I watch the Magnificent yeah. Seven, I don't find myself comparing it to Sam, Seven Samurai. Like, and yeah. I watch Star Wars, I don't find myself comparing it to Hidden Fortress. They can, they can, they can exist on their own. They can. But... I had a major. Just I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't,
0: uh, couldn't. I think it's nostalgia, I guess, because I, I when I see Magnificent Seven, I see awesome movie stars in a Seven Samurai remake. I just. Uh, it didn't do as much for me as other Westerns, but I, I, I but think a lot, of, okay. a
3: lot of those other Westerns were probably Kurosawa remakes, too. Mm-hmm. It's full of well, dollars. And uh... I know,
0: but you remember I remember dollars more <laughs> I don't really, when I when I seen seven. I don't remember anyone's name. I just remember, hey, Charlie Bronson and company kicking ass. But I mean. It also depends on how you came about it with the movies. I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing with the James Bonds. Do you like them because they're fun spectacles? Or do you actually like the portrayal? You know, it, it really does depend it on, I guess, the mood. Also, which one you maybe
3: saw first. Because, like, I saw Star Wars first. And then when I watch Hidden Fortress, I'm kind of like, hey,
0: that's Han Solo. It, I mean, and Hidden it's... Fortress, <laughs> he's really only just using it for characters. He's not, I mean, yes, there is a princess retrieval. But the most part, he's just doing all this other, like, 2001 type you know silence in space you know
3: and then yeah he he's he's what what's really great about star wars is he's not ripping off these movies he's, he's using them as
1: inspiration right he you know they inspired Campbell...
3: these characters and then the, the actors like harrison ford came in and really makes han solo his own
0: oh, and it was even more so... awesome how i mean the anyway. movies that he, the books that he had been inspired by then actually got greenlit, you know, because Star Wars was such a hit. So he's like, yeah. hey, I heard he was yeah, inspired probably. by Lord of the Rings and Buck Rogers.
1: How would we make those
0: work?
2: Yeah, you get to <laughs> yeah. see Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers yeah. being made. Uh...
0: And yeah, I, I although... love how they offered Steven to take up the, you know, Star Wars mantle. And he was just like, yeah, I, I directed the premiere, the opening of Revenge of the Sith. That's all I need. I can't touch my friend's franchise. <laughs> it's his baby. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but then, then you get movies like uh John Carter comes out, and everybody craps all over it because it's, oh, we've seen this before. Right. And the you fact of the matter is, is the reason you've seen it before is because all these movies were
0: inspired by the book.
1: Mm-hmm. You Same know,
3: And so...
0: Flash Gordon, which you told us off air, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't Same know. Same thing it's... with Battlefield Earth. We've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Oh. like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 the apes meets Star Trek, Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
3: i haven't seen anything this bad before what are you talking about i just got the (laughs) blu-ray
0: which has all these new special features with the Uh, writers explaining what the hell happened behind the scenes (laughs) oh really that could be interesting like uh, i got it for five bucks off ebay it was pretty funny yeah
3: Yeah, but it could be interesting too for that just to get you know them talking about all the things that went wrong as long mm-hmm. as they're being honest cuz i believe isn't it the criterion of uh Brazil where in the audio commentary of the theatrical version uh there's a guy talking about all the things that went wrong the studios really wanted this and Gilliam didn't oh, want to do it he might thing.
0: have been the same one in the Friday the 13th documentary who we didn't get invited back and you're like where did you <laughs> dude you're <laughs> just making shit up that never happened you know <laughs> And what's funny is he was boycotted from so many of those conventions, I don't even know people don't even say his name, so you have to actually ask, who's the one who's people say is making inaccurate claims like a bad Wikipedia edit?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. But yeah. Uh, applause to Stephen for avoiding all these tabloids and even being bound to franchises. <laughs> Just one of a kind, and I'm glad we could have you all on here. So I'm going to let you guys yeah, all sure. I'm gonna let Mark promote his blog, and I'll let Daniel and Jorge promote what they got coming up on your show. You guys have been going really strong for a year
1: now. Yeah, that has been nice. Yeah, uh, Mark, yeah. Who wants <laughs>
0: yeah, so to good. go first? <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first, Mark. All right,
3: so um, I do a. Uh, I have a website called Underexposed Cinematic Treasures. It's basically under Underexposed Cinematic Treasures dot com, where I uh, recommend movies that I feel are underseen unseen you know deserve a much bigger audience or maybe have been forgotten Need exposure (laughs) (laughs) yeah need exposure or or just have been forgotten the at the time of this recording my last review was for david lowry's pete's dragon because uh you know with all these disney reboots nobody talks about pete's dragon and it's really the only really great one But I've got movies that we've actually mentioned on the show, like Threads. I don't know of anybody who's seen Threads. Yeah, it's an interesting much like the day after, after. (laughs) Um, and and so I try to promote movies that I feel are unseen or underseen. I also ask people, so I'll ask your audience. if you go to my website or you email me at info at underexposedcinematictreasures.com and you have a movie that you think is underseen, just write me a four sentence review. I have a page called Fan Recommendations where I put that stuff. And so it's not just my recommendations, it's theirs. And it doesn't even have to be a movie I like. You can recommend a movie that I hate because that page isn't about me. It's about the fans (laughs) recommending what they think deserves to be there if you want to find i have a facebook group uh just look up underexposed cinematic treasures on twitter it's actually uh utc underscore recommends and i just uh making a presence on letterboxd under my name which is mark ogushwitz and uh yeah come come to the website and where i've recorded a couple of podcast episodes with uh one of uh the third episode will be with Rob Paulson who's Pinky from Pinky and the Brain who's yes, got a, really it's a, a delight isn't film it made. yeah he he chose a really interesting film to talk about um and it's basically bringing on people who uh who want to talk about their uh uh movies that they think are
0: unseen. C- he's uh, been making a am glad you got to meet him because like he's been on podcasts a lot lately <laughs> galaxy
3: yeah, Con, yeah uh, i
0: podcasting after darn he's, he's a great guy he
3: my answering machine message is is him and i get so many people saying how did you get that great impersonator <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: that's, that's awesome uh, You're
5: right.
3: yeah so uh so once again it's called underexposed cinematic treasures i know it's long but i spent months trying to find a url and uh that's what i ended up finding uh because i had to get this thing out and uh yeah so go enjoy uh sweet uh email me or or go to the facebook group or email uh us there's also a contact page uh your your uh movie that you want to uh talk about four sentence review thank you
0: <laughs> all right Jorge and daniel you have also done it all you have done actor retrospects you did one to bruce willis that was very yeah, you know, you're talking with five other podcasts that were doing this around the time he was retiring. He's like, I really yeah. love Bruce Willie. But yeah, you've done uh predictions, you've done what's next for MCU, you've uh tackled a bunch of other movies based off tropes, you know, it's yeah and best and worst, you know, horror movies. It's, it's fun digging through your unpredictable maze of finding it, thank you.
4: Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and, I appreciate it.
0: You've been doing this a whole year.
4: Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy to say that, you know, but we've been doing it for a year, you know, we've been bringing on some more people that have been kind of staples and become permanent with us, we're starting to do some more spin-off podcast shows. And we just Sweet. try to do Yeah, th- there's a lot of film uh, podcasts out there. So we just try to make it unique by doing our own perspective on it. You know, we've all done film to some expect uh, to some expectation, different roles, different stuff we've done. So We're kind of giving our own filmmakers' point of view about some of these films, how we kind of see everything thematically. Uh George and I are even doing a spin off is gonna Yeah, absolutely. So George and I are actually gonna be doing a a spin-off show. George, if you want to talk about that one a little bit.
2: Oh yeah. You guys actually bring it up the fact of like uh Siskel and Ebert. I love Siskel and Ebert growing up and Mm -hmm. I love having those deep conversations about film and why we like them and what's the, the, the true breakdowns of like the anatomy of a film. And mm-hmm. so, me and Dan, who are the probably we're all film buffs, so I think me and Dan are the analytical film buffs of the group. Yeah, yeah. we wanna go do a show where we kind of do that, where we break down film from that perspective. It's, and went. it's not gonna have an agenda behind it. It's just no. objective breakdowns of mm-hmm. like this is just the ABCs of of why this works and mm-hmm. why it doesn't work from yeah. every angle, whether it's directing, acting, editing, cinematography, editing, all that kind of stuff, Scrim- mm-hmm. screenwriting.
0: Just like, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? He does the, I think it's Ralph somebody who does a lot of the one-on-ones, why this song works. Like, mm-hmm. he's doing everything. He's even recreating himself because he's studied it enough times. So it is cool to just kind of see yeah. that because so many people will do like scene recreations and you'll see all the snobby YouTube things. It's like, hey, it's someone giving it their best shot. at something they admire. You know, it's just the equivalent of a cover song. And we do need more you know. of that because so people many people are... just want to see a screen rant
3: people yeah, exactly. will react positively to that with movies as well um a couple of years ago for six years i did a podcast called talking apes tv and basically what we did is what That's you're talking about with but with the planet of the apes tv show and we would go through each episode and it started where we'd go through an episode in like a half hour. And then the last episode we did took uh, like two hours and 10 minutes. And we would go through <laughs> yeah. and we literally went scene by scene, breaking down what, you know, what we saw on it thematically, what this meant this, this, mm-hmm. that, and how, and it actually helped me as a filmmaker. Cause you start to realize, Oh, look at all the thinking that really went into mm-hmm. this stuff. And so I did that for six yep. years. We did the what animation. the
0: subplot means. You even broke down the recent graphic novel and you're like, I think this unites this with that version of the whole timeline, and so therefore that's probably why that character's there just like they were in that version of the movie. You know? <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't think people realize the thought that goes into certain things and how you know this thing that happens at the five-minute point is so important to what happens at the 90-minute point. Even you know?
0: anything, they just yeah. think, oh, you know, well, it writes itself. It's like the name. is like, well, yeah, regardless really of what the title is,
3: <laughs> you know, do, do, yeah. do you guys have a name for the podcast yet?
2: Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a uh, Cinema Brains. Cinema.
3: I'm writing Brains. it down because it sounds like something I'd really listen to. So yeah,
4: absolutely. And then the name of our podcast is not a strong start, so not we're gonna strong every, every, start. Yeah, everything's gonna be under that YouTube channel. So we're gonna have our different playlists of our different spinoff shows. But that one, the Cinema Brains, we're actually looking to be dropping uh soon. So we're gonna start doing all that. All right. a yeah. yeah.
3: website where all this is located.
4: Um everything right now is just on our YouTube, but uh and Twitter like, uh, Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. we have our um you know Link Tree and it has all of our um everything on it that you can find us at.
5: Looking
0: forward to it. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, not a strong
0: start you. and not a strong start. Once again, underexposed cinematic treasures. Check them out, guys. Check them both out. <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any
1: of those sites. Thanks a million for listening.